Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. A lot of the papers this morning were gone to print by the time Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, so it's kind of like overnight uh, updates online, really. The, but the first explosions uh, sounded in Ukraine's cities just before dawn and uh, world premiers were woken from their sleep. I know that Boris Johnson was got out of bed at four o'clock this morning. Russian president launched his long anticipated military operation in Ukraine. So online they're saying Russia launches invasion of Ukraine. As Biden says, the prayers of the world are with Ukrainian people. Uh, the foreign minister there says Putin has launched a full scale invasion of Ukraine. There's been explosions. There's been shelling. It's a full scale invasion, according to the Ukrainians. And Biden says the U.S. and its allies will respond um, with unprecedented at sanctions. you got to wonder whether it will end at sanctions or whether there will be some kind of a military response from the West. Certainly, uh, looking at uh, flight tracking website Flight Radar 24 uh, this morning, it shows planes being diverted around uh, Ukraine. I mean, you can't pray when you look at it from the Flight Radar map has absolutely no planes in its airspace whatsoever. They're all going around it. Some of them clockwise, some of them anti-clockwise. Uh, but of course, one of the big issues here economically, of course, is gas and fuel. And they're saying in the mail this morning that Ireland could face gas rationing if Putin decides to cause chaos in the West, which is what he's just done now. He's uh, literally uh, lobbed literally a bomb in there. Uh, so they're saying that we could have issues with regards to our own fuel. Uh, and also what seems to be happening in Ukraine now uh, since the early hours is that people are leaving the country. Hundreds of thousands are trying to get out of Ukraine. There's also been a run on petrol stations and there's also been a run on banks because it seems that people want to get their money out of the banks ahead of whatever is coming. So more on that in a few, in a few minutes time. But in other news this morning, we have a lot of shortages in this country and a lot of it has to do with a very, very badly run HSE for many decades now. I know COVID has been an issue too. In fact, the mirror this morning puts the COVID death toll of COVID deaths. Um, or should I say and be clear about this, COVID-19 related deaths to 6,200 in two years. The paper, all papers also say that those trying to buy a house are competing against an awful lot of different entities. And one of the entities, it seems, that people trying to buy a house are also coming up against is not necessarily a shortage of supply, an increase in labour costs and, and costs for actual building material or cuckoo funds and pension funds. But it's also COVID savings. An awful lot of people have saved an awful lot of money, apparently, uh, over the past two years. And the Indo says that a billion has been saved in COVID savings. And that's driving up house prices as well, where people can just keep bidding and bidding and bidding on a house price. Uh, so the papers also talk of changes to uh, the home care system, what we would have known as home help. And uh, these are the kind of swinging nasty uh, taxes and, you know, increases. So you have taxes and increases on the one hand and cutbacks on the other hand. But this is a fiver that they're talking about in the examiner this morning where pensioners could be asked to pay five euro an hour to home care under this new home support scheme. Yeah, who wants it to be new if it's going to cost more money? So public health care, home care at the moment and home helps and care workers when they come into your home, that service is currently free. You do have an option, incidentally, 
to pay for extra hours. Um, but the actual basic package is free. So now they're talking about a five euro an hour charge for home care again, hitting the vulnerable and the elderly and pensioners. In hot water these days um, are the two Johnnies. They're making the front page of the Independent, and this is very much kicked off online. Now I know that the sexist comments that they made were on their podcast, but they do link it to their Two FM show because they say listen to us on Two FM. Uh, but the two Johnnies have been accused of sexism, virulent sexist material to promote their new show. I can't see, I don't know how RTE will allow that actually because they come down hard on anybody that has an opinion or anybody that has anything to say that doesn't agree with the RTE narrative. I mean they're fine if you're criticising Sinn Féin but anything else is pretty much a no-go. But apparently on their podcast podcast, they started reading out slogans uh, of car stickers and what have you that were sent to them uh, by listeners um, and Uh, I'm just going to give you a few of them, while not in any way, shape or form endorsing them. Tires are like women, no good unless they're squealing. Uh, Hocus pocus, I got your girl in my focus. Now, you might put this down to to banter and having a laugh and just laddish humour. But you wouldn't say that about she's not a princess, she's a slut. Uh, and uh, Holly Carnes is very annoyed about it. She says, Des- despite dressing these remarks up as banter or jokes, it does nothing to dull their impact. They might feel it's hilarious to refer to women as sluts on their show, but women and girls routinely experience that word being roared at them in the streets or directed at them on social media platforms. And it's just not funny when it happens. Now, I'm not a fan of cancer culture in any way, shape or form. Uh, but I think really people need to cop on. You know, it's no longer tolerable, you know, to find that kind of stuff funny, considering the tragic stories we've been dealing with over the past number of months. Papers also today talk about Peloton. Now, that company has collapsed by all accounts. They had a roaring COVID. And then it's like somebody turned the lights off on Peloton. And their bikes were not cheap, incidentally. Their exercise bikes, but you know, north of two and a half grand a lot of the time for these sophisticated home fitness bikes. But now they're being accused of knowingly selling thousands of rusty exercise bikes to customers and trying to literally cover them up. By all accounts, according to the mail this morning, uh, some of the bikes were showing signs of corrosion. But what they did apparently was they gave them a special coating uh, to hide the tarnished rusty metal in a scheme known internally within Peloton. They called it Project Tin Man. Not on, man, not on in any way, shape or form, regardless of the price. And, and you know, we talk about the cancel culture and the, the changing world. The Globe Theatre now, the home of Shakespeare, has decided to put in a warning uh, across Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice. Uh, and the warning includes warnings that the play is um, anti-Semitic, anti-black, racist and engages in colorism. And that's the latest one there. You know how you say, because I don't know, because I haven't died yet, but they say that when you're dying, your life literally does flash before your eyes, that you very quickly, I don't know if it happens in seconds or it takes minutes or whatever, but all of your life events, or at least maybe the more prominent ones in your life, as you are dying, fly past you, as in you recall them and they get rerun in your brain and in your mind's eye. Apparently they hooked up some kind of brainwave machine to a man who was dying of a heart attack and they 
recorded his brain patterns as he was dying. And by all accounts, his brain patterns were very similar to the brain patterns you have when you're dreaming. So on that basis, they feel that this guy was far from dreaming. It was his life flashing before his eyes. Uh, next Tuesday is Pancake Tuesday. And I'm very upset about this, actually, because they have the top 10 toppings for pancakes. Now, how do you like yours? Now, I'll be returning to this on Monday with regards to Pancake Tuesday. But they say that lemon and sugar is the most popular topping, uh, followed by chocolate. And after that, maple syrup. How in the name of God did maple syrup get into the top three? After that, strawberries, then banana, then ice cream, then whipped cream, then caramel. You're probably wondering, where's the jam? Like I was too. Jam comes in ninth And jam should be first. I mean, lemon and jam on pancakes is the only way to go. So we need to reverse that and get people putting jam on pancakes faster than putting um, maple syrup on it. And uh, ABBA have a new single, and I'm not talking about a single as in a new song. They have a new singleton because Bjorn Uvalis has split from his wife after 41 years of marriage. They married back in 81, and they're going to divorce but remain good friends. So that's an interesting one. And then there was a... I want to play this audio a little later on, and that's the jibe. There was a really bitter row between Michal and Mary Lou. You can see it really, you know, ratcheting up now. Um, You know, the divisiveness between the two or their you know I suppose dislike of each other's political party I don't know whether it's like that in the doll and they get on like a house and fire outside of the doll chamber I have no idea but they were going hammer and tongs yesterday you can be sure of that and I think it gives us an idea that Fianna Fáil really are turning up the heat on Sinn Féin now because they see and have at least finally seen the potential threat of them with regards to forming a new government. So all that and lots more besides. The Neil Prenderville Show. Eugene O'Sullivan is in Ukraine. I know there's all sorts of problems with phone lines there at the moment, but as soon as I get a link to him, because he was saying yesterday that under no way uh, on this earth would um, there be any kind of military kickoff in Ukraine. He was saying that yesterday morning, and of course it's entirely different 24 hours later. So Ukraine... Uh, I'll come back to Eugene as soon as I get a phone line to him. He's originally from Bantry, but spends an awful lot of his life there uh, in Ukraine and is there at the moment. But a couple of weeks back, we told you the story of Goretti, uh, who was fined for a partially open bin lid at a property that she rents out uh, here in Cork. And it happened last June. And months later, she got the fine. And she was in court yesterday um, because she was fined and wouldn't pay the fine. She said she was going to go to court, and she did. And in fact, Goretti defended herself yesterday in court, and I wanted to go back to see how things went for her yesterday. And she joins me by phone. Goretti, good morning. Good morning, Neil. So, in fairness to you, in you went, no solicitor. Just, uh, I'm not interested in anybody's names or anybody who was given evidence for the council because they're only doing their job. But can you just give us an idea as to what happened in court? Sure. Um... I was number 40 in the list. What and, were the other 39 uh, there for? Was it all? There was there was a lot of them there from Cork City Council. And, but were the other were the other 30 odd all fines for littering? A lot of them were. Okay. But there was a lot in and they were um, postponed for another month or so. Okay. But, had, but, it was, uh, but it was all fine related, was it? Oh, they were. I don't know what they were, to be honest. Okay. So did it take long for yours to come up? No, I suppose uh, 20 minutes or so. Okay. What happened then? uh, She called my name and um, I stood up from where I was sitting and uh, I had a bit of paper with me to summon 
and uh, she asked the man from Cox City Council to take the bench and he did that <coughs> and um, she said she called me up then to her desk and I went up and uh, I explained to her that my name was spelled wrong so she said she didn't mean that as in Goretti was spelled wrong? yeah Okay. G-O-R-E-T-T-I is the right okay. version. So after it was corrected, what happened next? She asked the Cox City Councilman to give evidence and um, he, he just said a few words that on the day in question that he was passing and he saw the leader to be up and he summons me basically. Okay, so that was the 150 yeah. euro fine that you were yeah. supposed to pay. Yeah, That's yeah. right. And so, I never saw a photograph of the bin lid. How, how far up was it? was a fair bit up, yeah. I won't deny it. It was. It, there was. Um, it was. It. It. It would. Nothing would have fallen out of the bin. Okay. 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 Was yeah. it a half a foot? Was it a foot? Was it two foot. feet? A foot. Could okay. be, be uh, between a half foot and a foot. All right. Okay. Carry on. So she saw that so, photograph. Oh, she did, yeah, and she asked me, had I seen him? And I said I had, but I hadn't him with me because I couldn't put my hand on him that day, to be honest. So. Next thing, um, she said to me, "Put have I any question for the for the Cox City Councilman?" And I said, "Yeah, I just wanted to know what their policy is regarding all this litter." So he didn't answer anything. He didn't say anything. And then she said, "Have I any other question for him?" And I said, "Yes, I have." And I asked, I asked him, "Why did he summons me?" <clears throat> Was he in the witness box then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you were questioning him in the witness box. And what did he say to that? He didn't answer me. So then she sent him back to his seat and she told me, take the bench, okay. take the stand. Yeah. So I had to take the Bible then and she said, tell me what happened. And I told her my story. <clears throat> and um, I told her there was nothing unorthodox about it. Number one, I didn't, I, I appealed it. I told him I wasn't living there. Number two, the house was rented. And number three, the bills were paid up to date. Yeah, yeah. And I had that letter from Country Clean yeah. verifying it. yeah. And there was, the bin was out for collection. That's the way we always go. And the, bin, the bags were tied in the bin. There was no litter on the street, no litter on the road. It wasn't a hazard to the environment. It wasn't a hazard to the animals. It wasn't a hazard to the humans. No rubbish had spilled out of it. No, 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 no. <clears throat> and I don't know what to who has all about. Mm. Mm. So were, you nerv- then, were you nervous doing all of that yourself? A bit, yeah. yeah. I was. It was a bit cut for breath. Yeah, okay. <coughs> Fair play to And um, even though she was very nice to me now, she told me to take my time and everything. Yeah, good. So then she put me on to the Cox City Council solicitor. And she just kept saying plastic bags and all this. And I said, Yes, so what about it? It's plastic bags. We know that. The bags are tight. She was trying to say the bags weren't tight. I said, yes, the bags well, are when tight. I put, when I put bags into the bin, they're in plastic bags and they're tight. You don't just, you yeah. don't just throw stuff into the bin. You, no. you, know, you might throw recycling into the recycling one, but the regular one, they're bags. No, no. Yeah. The bags were tight. Yeah. And she saw that and there was no dispute in it after. And then uh, she kept repeating it. And... Um, she, uh, I said, like, I mean, hang on a minute. I said, we have Country Clean as our recycling um, uh, collectors and bin collectors. And I said, they 
often send me a parcel of white plastic bags to put down by the side of the bin. Yeah. For collection, if I have too much rubbish. That's right. That's the recycling bags that they send you. Yeah. That, and no one and refuse as well. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and they are white. So would Cork and, City uh, Council, I wonder, have any problem if you had put no. extra bags next to the bin? Uh, if they're Cork City Council bags, they're fine. But if they're my bags, they're a problem. <laughs> they only so want you to I use their bags. Yeah, yeah. I looked at it as pure discrimination. Okay. All right. So um, the judge then mm-hmm. at some stage had to make a decision, did she? Well, she told me, well, we were there for a while and the Cork City Council solicitor just had a habit of repeating and saying words and things like that. But anyway, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, she knew the picture. She had seen the picture. The judge had seen the picture. I had seen the picture. We all knew what the the scenario was. Yeah. And there was nothing unorthodox on it from my side. I told him exactly what the picture was. It was out for collection. I said, if you don't want him out for collection, you can knock at the door at six o'clock in the morning when the lorry comes along yeah. and get the people out of the house and get them out the bin yeah. if you don't want them on the street. Like, I mean, it, they were, it wasn't a hazard to anything or anybody. And is the there street. anywhere in the city council laws that say that you will be fined if the bin lid isn't closed? Did you manage to find no. that there's nothing I, of that. I looked at that and um, they brought in bylaws in 2019, but it was about plastic bags. No, no, never, that the, wasn't your issue, though. The issue was the bin. <coughs> did, did, yeah. Yeah, there wasn't no, any other didn't. issues besides the no, bin. No, no, there was nothing specified. Okay. So the, you found nothing anywhere about being fined because the bin lid doesn't meet the body? No. Okay, all right. And uh, did the judge know that? I don't know. Okay, so what did she decide? Why did you call her? Why anyway, did you ask? Why me. did you say to her, "Do I have donkey written across my face?" Because you, the girl in the the solicitor in the Cox City Council kept repeating the same questions to me about plastic bags, and they weren't tied and all this. And I said, "Yes, they are tied." Like you know, she kept at me. Oh, it's the solicitor you asked, "Do I have donkey yeah, written yeah, across yeah. my face?" She yeah. kept at me, like, and yeah. I mean, it is what it is. There was no who or how about it. There was, a, there was no threat of with contempt of court at that point, no? No, there wasn't. There was nothing like it. Sure, I mean, we're entitled to explain ourselves. I know, I know that. It's just that somebody said two Gardaí were standing by. Why, why was that? No, there wasn't two Gardaí standing by. Okay. No. Okay, okay. Um, okay. So the judge then, so then decided... The, the judge told me, go back to... The judge told me to go back to my seat, and I was as I was going back to my seat, and I was concentrating on the steps going down, and um, she was calling out um, the um, fine, and then I turned around and I asked her why is she fining me? I was very open and transparent with her in all that question yeah, she asked yeah, me, yeah. and I expected her to be open and transparent with me. She fined me hundred euros. <coughs> So she reduced the fine from 150 to 100? Yeah. Okay, okay. But uh, I said, like, why are you fining me when I explained everything? And I had everything above and beyond the call of duty. Yeah. I know that the lid was up in the bin. Yeah. But the bin was there for collection. It oh. wasn't there for display. Did you get a response to that? No, she told me the case was closed now okay. and that's it. Okay. Will you appeal that? I did. I filled up the farms and I appealed it. What happens next? I get a letter in the post <coughs> for the, um, the next hearing. 
but it's only once a year the Cork City Council have those appeals. Courts, yeah. So what happens in 12 months' time if you go back in and you lose the appeal? Will, will you not have to pay all of their costs, which is... No, she didn't grant any costs yesterday to the, to the council. Did they look for it? I'd say not, okay, sure. Okay, okay. She, did, she said she wasn't granting any legal costs to him. Okay, okay. No, she was a fair woman. Like, oh, no, it sounds I mean, as if to me as if she was. And, and, and listen, a judge has a good reason for doing what she does. I don't have the bylaws in front of me, so I don't know yeah. on what grounds you can be fined for. Um, not having the lid properly closed if it doesn't say that you'll be fine for not having the lid properly closed. Well, I didn't see it anywhere. Maybe she knows more than me now and yeah. she probably does. And that's but you must have been disappointed though because I would have thought it would have been thrown out to be honest with you. Well, <clears throat> the fact I turned up, I stated my case. I had nothing to hide. I dealt with it. I thought I should be honoured for that. Yeah, yeah. And in fairness, you did because conduct your own defence. After all, Neil, that rubbish had nothing to do with me. Yeah, but as the house owner, you see, that's the difference. You see, they go, like, you you would have tenants hiding behind it otherwise. You know, it's it's not, you know, it's nothing to do with me. I only pay rent. I know nothing to do with the the bin arrangements. That's the landlord's problem. So it happens to fall on the landlord, you know, the owner. Yeah, I know. But I don't mind. Like, I mean, I said to her, if the bins, if the bags were broken and the eggshells were around the street or whatever... And the papers around the, the, yeah, the footpath in the street. I said, I'd be the first to put up my hand and pay me fine. Yeah. But I said, like, we're doing our best. And we just have to be able to do our, try somebody, to do our best. Somebody within council was telling me that they actually have spotters going around in cars. Uh, and then yeah. they, um, you know, they call them in and the fines are issued by people who aren't actually collecting any rubbish. They're just going around looking at bins and spotting ones that are maybe ones like yours, you know? Yeah. But, but anyway, like even so, yeah. like I mean, they should. I think the council should have an onus on them to wait and see if that bin was collected on the whatever day it should be collected. And if it wasn't, then they can move. But give the people a chance. Like I mean, we're a country of dictators, and yes, with no consideration. You're not giving up on this, though. You'll go for appeal and wait the twelve months and go back in again. I will, because the thing about it is. What do the bins? Are, where do we put the bins for collection if we can't put them outside the door? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. You know, yeah. and I mean, there is no. We don't put them out there for the birds and the bees. We put them out for collection. And will you if defend yourself again? House, will you defend yourself again will, next time round? I will, because I I think there are times in our life when we have to make a stance. And, and I'll like, credit you two for that. And. And if we do something wrong, put up your hand and sort it out. And if you didn't do something wrong, but you're put into the position where you have to be de- responsible for it. Well, then you have, you know, fair play. I mean, you, you stood your you ground know, yesterday. We have, we're, we're entitled to do our best for everybody. You may, and, not, yeah, uh, you may not have got a result yesterday. It seems as if there was a lot of council staff and solicitors there on the other side. So it took a lot of, you know, that's, that doesn't come cheap on <laughs> their side, you know. That, everybody's got to be paid to turn up like that. I know, and there a couple of months ago, a, couple, a man was telling me there a couple, when he was in court there some time back, he said the man's name was spelled wrong, the case was thrown out. Did you think My by spending it, your wasn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've a bit, you've a bit further to go just yet. <laughs> but anyway, look, it is what it is. I won't be able to. I'm not going changing anything. I just, I think, as I always say, to die on self be true. <laughs> 
Good, good stuff. We'll talk again on this one then. I'll let you know when the, when I'll be going in for the other. All right, great. The, the case. Do yeah. stay in touch, and well, do, and okay. well done for having the courage of your convictions to defend yourself and go into yeah, court. I know. Sure. Look, I'm only a country old woman, and the thing about it is, I mean, I was up against it. I was like peas in a pod. They were all linked together, but that's okay too. Like we all are, we, we should all be able to yeah. have our say. Yeah, and you live to fight another day. Stay in touch. Thanks. Cheers and for thank now. Thank you for all your help. Not at all, not at all. Take care, Goretti. Back after the break, text 0868104106. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. A lot of people saying fair play by text, by a fair play to Goretti for taking it on and going into court and defending yourself. I can't find anything. I can find an article in the Echo that talks about new bylaws that were introduced and the new bylaws came close to the bin itself, but it doesn't talk about the lid. It says, to combat general street litter, the bylaws also require that all wheelie bins are not overloaded and waste must not be pre- presented in bins where the lid is damaged or removed. But I can't see anything where it says where it's not actually fully closed and they can have fines of up to €2,500 for a contravention of that bylaw. I mean, that's a bit over the top, isn't it? I mean, you have to have strict laws, I know, but that's a bit over the top where it could have been upwards of Two and a half grand, at least Goretti wasn't given uh, a fine of two and a half grand, but she's not t- finished anytime soon. John, good morning. Good morning. So I can't find anything about the lid. I can find anything about it being over full or damaged lids or you, no I, lid at all. Yeah, this is on there uh, a few weeks back. Yeah, Goretti, yeah, because you, know? yeah, you went to court yesterday. And my understanding always of it was the reason they got bins with lids in them was to stop littering. Littering is a big, 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 big thing here, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, if you, I, I live here, out in the Bishopstone area, and if you leave your, leave, your, leave, your lid open, the crows will pull everything out all over the place. Yeah. You know, and mm. that's why lids were brought in, to stop all that. To stop the likes of people going out and cleaning up after them. You know? Now, when that lady was on there a few weeks back, I rang the city council and they said, you must have your lid closed. And that's, that's what the and answer is, I got. Is that in their bylaws, that actual statement? Yeah, it, it is. It is law that you must have your lid closed. Why else would they put a lid on it if you, if you don't have to close it? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I see the point you're making with regards to the crows. There's the potential that they could rip yeah. the bags apart. Yeah, but that's right. Like, yeah. why, why do they give out extra bags then that apparently you're allowed to put down well, next to I, them? I wouldn't know anything about that because we never got extra bags. Okay. We did long, well, a few years back, we got bags and then they got rid of the bags and they got... Okay, but you don't think that it's a bit over the top in, in these times. It's tough enough. She's a pensioner. Well, see, the thing about finding it a hundred, is, like at least yeah. she's paying for rubbish collection. Yeah, so am I. You know? But the thing about it is, if there's a law there, you're supposed to obey it. Okay, I'm actually seeing yeah. more here now. I see Cork Bioa reporting on this recently where it actually does say that citizens are reminded that their bins should not be overloaded and the lids of the wheelie bins must close fully. Must close, absolutely. Yeah, while no additional rubbish is to be you placed know? on top. Yeah, well, you know, well, I suppose you know? It, it is law, but is it a fair law? 
Well, you know, I mean, to say the law, the law is the law. We have to obey it. What do we do? You know, you can't go down the road doing 120 miles an hour. If you're yeah, but it doesn't... Not, I know that. I understand. Well, that's because it could be of risk to people's lives, you know? Somebody yeah, could die they, if people are speeding on yeah. the road. Nobody's going to die if a bag, a bin but lid isn't closed. Neil, if everyone went around and did what that lady did and didn't bother closing, you know, why have a law? Yeah, but does it not concern you that apparently they have spotters going around, driving around, looking at bins? You know, I think that's a I'm bit... I'm sure. O- I'm sure they should. Okay, all right. Okay. I'm sure they should. You don't think it's a bit over the top or a bit over I don't think it's a bit over the top. I have, I'm living here and the, the place is very clean because we go out and we pick up the litter that other people drop. Yeah, you see the results of it when... Yeah, These things absolutely. happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and crows can be vicious with regards to ripping things apart. Yeah, yeah, but you see, if the law is there, it should be obeyed. Yeah. Okay, all right. Let's yeah. see what other all people right. think of it. Fair play to you. Thanks, John. Yeah. Cheers. Okay, Just right. another quick one on this. Chrissy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Do you think it's fair? I do. It's practical. Yeah, caught fairness, so should we all together. It's practical. Practical what? To find somebody 150 euro? Oh, well, that's the law. Um, but uh, it's the damage it can do. If you go along, uh, say, down Lock Road is one place, and of whatever day the bins are out, some of them, they're just pouring out them, and the litter goes along and it's scattered all over the place. So okay. let's pick it up. Yeah, okay. The other thing... Okay, um, so there has to be one would... rule for all, otherwise you'll have litter all over the roads and crows ripping out food and all sorts of things like that. But not even crows. Somebody can come along, bit you up, you know, bit merry, the night before and give them a little chip and the stuff goes all over the place. But why? But they don't seem to go after people who don't have any rubbish collection or people who illegally dump or never ever pay the likes of Country Clean, you know? They seem to go after... Why is it always the soft touch? Um... I'm not too sure that they don't go after people as well. Um, well. You know, it's not an easy job to do. And I've heard of it that people, that, and I wouldn't envy the job of the person that has to go through the, the rubbish. Yeah, but and, it happens um, rarely enough, though. You don't hear of a lot of stories in court of people who have been done for um, fly tipping, for instance. From time to time, yeah, but, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. But the other point that I want to make, and if if. Uh, regards to what you're doing personally as well. Yeah. As you said, and it, I, that now I wouldn't agree with, is um, not a, I would agree with you rather than not with the, the rules around it. You, if um, you're supposed to put all the rubbish in just nilly-willy because they say it, if you tie them in the plastic bags, it um, damages the machinery at the other end. Nobody ever told me that and I'd never had it not well, collected Do you know who would be very uh, very informative for you, you to, to talk to? It would be one of the community wardens in the, the community area. You're saying that people and should put all their rubbish my information. That, they, that they say you should just put everything in unbagged into the bin? Unbagged. Okay. No okay. plastic bag. It doesn't make sense to me because Look, you can have all sorts of rubbish going into that. Okay, but would you not think that as a pensioner or anybody who defends themselves in court, there's a lot of credit due to Goretti? Um, 
pushy kind of calling down the road, the pensioner's card, which is card that I don't like pointing No, down. no, she's, she's never. Eight. She, I'm over 80, you know. No, she wasn't. And I 20. think I'm a citizen the same as the uh, 21-year-old. I, I know, I know. I have the same response. No, I'm not saying because she's a pensioner. It's just I that she... I need a bit of help with you, which I think isn't always there <laughs> and not always available. That's where the unfairness comes yeah. there. Can I ask you, do you have home help coming in or anything like that or a care worker? No. 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 No, is there a reason? I, you I could do with them. I, I could do with them. Do you ever ask for it or apply for it? Um, I do. But my doctor thinks I'm too good. <laughs> to eat, uh, I say, no, and... Uh, Long may it continue. That's, part, that's personal to me, Neil, but I will tell you, and I quote my present doctor, when I said it to her, she said, oh, you wouldn't get it. She said, you're able to get up and get yourself dressed in the morning. <laughs> No, I may continue that way. <laughs> but, um, but there's other things I'm not able to do, Neil. Well, and I mean, I look okay. Uh, that that's that's a different that's a different battle to be fighting, would or not. But you do but, all yeah. your own cooking and cleaning and things like that. Put out um, your own bins. No, I don't. The neighbours pull out their bins Fair play. and that's, they bring them back without being asked. Yeah. Isn't that lovely? I do. Well, personally, my cooking, there isn't, uh, there isn't a whole lot because I, uh, that's another story as well. But, like, I can do it, but um, it's simply cooking. Yeah, it's, it's other nice things. Like, I mean, I could, I, I look, I'd have trouble um, cleaning. I'd have trouble, I've had to give up stone gardening. Um, well, I don't know, you know about the gardening, but... There are lots of things, but I, then, know, like, I can do other things, and look, I have an awful lot to be grateful for. Well, you're a very positive person, in fairness to you, but I think, um, you know, that doesn't mean... I don't know about, I don't know why your GP said that, If you, because home help will help with things I like... I don't know what he said, <laughs> but he wouldn't have any problem. Oh, no, I won't go into that one. No, no. Um, <laughs> Uh, for the for the best reasons, anyway. You're too hale and hearty in your 80s to need any help, he said. <laughs> he says. Yeah. <laughs> all the people that agree with him, but anyway, it's pra- it's practically impossible to get someone um to do to do a home help and pay for it. Either. It's it's hard, and now they're gonna they're gonna start charging people a fiver. I wouldn't disagree with that either. All right. Okay. Well, good for you. If you have it, give it a suppose. Well, not. I think as far like I look. I mean, People in my family seem to live for a long time, you know, <laughs> and things have, and I have... How long um, do they live? Uh, like, what's the record in your family? Um, that's, in recent years, 98. 98? Wow. With a perfect mind, just got a stroke that hit her back, nothing else, her hands and everything else, great recall, and... Right, she and you know, sharp as a pin to ninety eight. Sorry, she was sharp as a pin up to the age of and she could analyze the um, a holding match better than me all here could at the end, (laughs) right up to the end. Well, I'm sure it'll be the very same for you. (laughs) Then next to her was eighty six. No, 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 no. Three weeks short to ninety was her sister, and eighty six was my mum. It's amazing. Well, My granny on one side was 
Nine. Ninety-eight was the record, though. Ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. Fair was play. The yeah. Fair and play. I'm sure if she hadn't so long to wait, she thought she was going to reach the hundred the following year. She'd have carried on, but she just decided. Yeah, right. I know. more than she was ready. For she said she was ready to go. I have to go myself, Chrissy. But it's lovely but chatting back with you. To now, Neil, just if you don't mind, before you um you go with the um the same, the, it seems ridiculous the way they're doing. The, do you know the blue bin now and whatever? We have a if blue bin and a grey bin and a red bin. The whole load, the whole load is, is put into the other bin, they say. Gotcha. Okay, don't use bags. Okay, okay we co- thanks, thanks, Chrissy. Lovely chatting with you. Lisa, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, um, yeah, it's amazing. I hadn't intended to do this, but go ahead, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'd just like to make a quick point. Sure. And I think, and I won't mention any operators by name, but I left one of the operators that I was with because they weren't collecting the rubbish properly. And I would be talking now about the recycling. And my bin would never be full or anything. But um, what I found is when they put the bin onto the truck and during the lift, they kind of, the bin goes upside down and they shake it a couple of times, right? But some of the rubbish was ending out on the road and then they drive off and leave it. Now, I just felt if that was an envelope with my name on it and a litter warden happened to be coming True. along. yeah. I'd be fine for that then, you, you would know. You've been fined a hundred so, euro or whatever the case may be. Yeah, and when, no, and, I, I did. I you, did bring it to their attention, and she said they'd watch it. But it happened about five or six times after, and I actually left him, and I went with another operator. And did it and stop so then? Far, yes, so far I haven't had a problem. Yeah, yeah. You don't use recycling bags or anything, no, or black bags. No, not with our collection. They don't. All right, no. Okay. I, no. I do. I use the black bags for the general stuff, and I use the. The country clean bags then for the recycling. Right, okay. Well, I do use the, um, I use the bags, all right, now for the food and stuff right. like that. Okay. You know? Okay, all right. But, um, but Neil, in other, in other things, just quickly, where I'm living, there's a school on the hill and I won't mention a name, but they, all the students come out and during lunch hour, they walk down to the end of the hill to go to a garage for lunch and they discard their masks, their food, their chin fire wrappers, all the rappers, and um, I said it to one of the neighbours. You mean they just throw them away, or they... They do, and I think during the pandemic it's awful, because I used to normally pick it up, because it flies into my garden then, and I would go out and pick it up, but during the pandemic I stopped, because I felt I didn't want to be picking anybody's rubbish up But sure, they, they should have more cop on than that. They should, and I mean, they range now from about 13 up to, I suppose, leaving certain age. And you'd see it, now I thought it was just my area, Right, but I stayed in the car one day and I stopped at different places, and it's the whole way down from the school down to the Apple Green service station, and I think it's ridiculous. Now I did ring, I did ring the um, the council down here and ring the school. Well, That's me. what you should be calling the school. Well, my neighbour that's here for years says she rang them and they said they're out of the school and it's nothing to do with them. Ah, yeah. Actually, it raises another point. Uh, I'm not I'm not having a go at petrol station food or anything, but it's not the best diet in the world for people who yeah. are in there every single day for their lunch, you know, growing yeah. bodies and growing minds. That's that's not a great diet. Yeah, Rolls it's and, not. You know, sausages yeah. and what else are they eating? You know, That's uh, it, but I did park now at various locations down the road because I just thought it was my area, but it was the whole way down. Yeah, well, and I did, I, I did ring, and what they said was, um, they'd say they had only one um, refuse warden, and they mentioned like that it was a female, and I said, is she from the area? Oh, yes. I said, as a matter of interest, does she have somebody in the school? 
And she said, oh, yes, she, she'd have kids going to that school. So I said, you know, I didn't even give my name then, Neil, because I felt sure she was going to go ahead and say to her son or whoever was in the school belonged to her. And then I was saying, like, she'd probably be pointing to my house you know, on the website. Well, I don't know. That yeah, that could, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe, maybe she takes her job very seriously and, you know, the, maybe a yeah, visit to the yeah. school wouldn't be a bad idea by the warden just to talk to the principal and then the principal yeah. can talk to the students because it's just not on. Littering is not it's on not, anymore. It's yeah. not, no. Okay, thanks, anyway, Lisa. Thanks, Cheers, okay, take care. Bye. Text 0868 uh, Phone lines are open 0818 Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. And you can get involved in the conversation. Text your thoughts. Text 0868 John, good morning. Good morning. Uh, happy to stay with this for a little while longer. Go ahead. What have you got to share? I'm just wondering there, listen to the, about the lady there would have been there. Yeah, Goretti got I'm, fined I'm, 150 euros. She went to court yesterday. The judge reduced it to 100 because the bin lid didn't close. Yeah. Yeah, I was living in the Balavalan area there, not too far from the, the Springdale Heart site there. And at the present moment, there must be at least a half a ton of rubbish on the side of the road. Plus the fact that last week some builder came along, I presume, and dumped maybe a ton of builders rubble. And like, I know the report of the city council and they're not, they're not doing anything about it, like. When you say, when, when, about that. Are you saying this is um, at Spring Lane, is it? Yeah. Okay. And when you say dumped, like, how do you mean? Is it like neatly piled in bags? No, no, no. It's just the, the contents of whoever, whoever at night or whoever, I don't know, just pulls up and dumps off loads of it. It's open. There's dogs rooting around every single day. So are you saying the public are driving to Spring Lane to the halting site and dumping all of their rubbish outside and then driving off? I don't know who's doing it. I'm not saying that the people driving. I don't know, but it's there and it's still. No, because I want to be fair. Week. I want to be fair to the traveller community inside in the halting site. They're not, nobody wants to be accusing them because there's no proof that they're doing it. Oh, I'm not accusing no one. I don't know who's dumping it. It sounds to me. I out of my car and I see it. And, and what happens then? Council come along, is it from time to time and. Clear it all up, is it? Yeah, you used to do that, but it's, uh, that particular amount of rubbish is there for the last couple of weeks. And what's and that? Dogs and what? They're pulling it around at night, they're dogs. It's a disgrace, really, and they're not doing anything about it, right? And, and they're prosecuting an elderly woman there for having the bin open. Crazy. It, it doesn't make sense when you put it like that, absolutely, that would go after one individual who feels wronged, but yet they would yeah. ignore blatant breaches. Um, it, that also would be a rat's issue, wouldn't it? Never mind the dogs. Oh, unbelievable. The rats, if you drive up there at night, there's rats scurrying all over the place, huh? And is that regular? Oh, regular. I'm only living not too far from this. And this builder's rubble, what is it like? Discarded builder's it's waste? concrete blocks. It's gravels, yeah. earth. It's just at the side where they spent a couple of uh, 250,000 cleaning up the area there a couple of years ago. Yeah, I know. It's just outside that. Yeah, I just know. Just up from the fire station there. Yeah, I know. It doesn't sound great. Um, and it sounds to me as if people are just using the opportunity to dump their rubbish there. And when they see some doing it, others do it. And before you know it, it's a mountain of it, you know? Yeah, exactly. No cameras there, Anthony, no? No, no. There, there should be cameras or there should be signs or whatever. Okay, okay. You you believe that Goretti shouldn't have been fined then? Well, exactly. That's crazy. 
All right. Okay. Thank you for that. Keep those texts and calls coming. Text 0868-104-106 and we'll pick it up. Incidentally, can I just mention this? Because um, there was an incident down on Castle Street and Dunmanway uh, on Sunday and uh, some people down there got in touch with me saying, can you please help track down the driver of a hit and run on Castle Street, Dunmanway Sunday night? If anyone knows of a black, dark-coloured van around the size of a Volkswagen Transporter or a Ford Transit, heading up Castle Street in Dunmanway at around uh, five past 12. Please get in touch with the guards because the van uh, damaged the passenger side front and was seen heading off. This is yet another, um, and when you say hit and run, I'm not talking about a person here, but th- you know, we also uh, spoke recently about somebody who actually hit um, a, a cyclist, uh, one of those delivery cyclists on Douglas Street. Um, and the, I don't know whether the guards managed to track that car down but apparently um, it was involved in a hit and run and seriously injured my sister, uh, who's lucky to be alive. So if anyone has any information, then they should get in touch with the guardie. We particularly want to talk to garages in the local area if you've got any calls for van parts or repairs or anything. So this is very serious. The van would have damaged the passenger front side of the van itself because it hit this person's sister, who's lucky to be alive. So um, uh, somebody in the community down there, obviously a family member, got in touch with me, Castle Street, Dunmanway, last Sunday night. Uh, text 0868104106. I'm very proud of Goretti. Uh, she was right to do it and to go into court and, court and she is right to appeal, says Kath. Uh, Lisa was right on the air. I live in the White Church Road in Cork and the only time there was a there is a scatter of litter is after a collection on a Tuesday. It's the collectors are doing the littering. None of the neighbours overfill their bins. The providers shake the bins and it blows the litter all over the estate and roads. Mind you, if our bin wasn't closed, uh, the contents uh, could have blown out in the wind or been pulled out by crows. This potentially causes litter, which none of us want. I got the same fine. Yes, I was annoyed, but when I thought about it, I was actually more annoyed with myself for potentially causing a litter problem. Please, Neil, don't be pandering to people like that and don't be pandering to easy whingers. We'll pick it up after 10. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106 Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. A lot of texts yesterday from our chats and discussions and different topics. Of course, our chats about Ukraine are very different this morning to yesterday morning because we know of what happened overnight with regards to uh, the invasion itself and also a military uh, spat uh, from, well, it's not more than that. It's a full It's a full invasion of Ukraine. Uh, by uh, by Russia, and we see it in the papers this morning, uh, actually online more than in the newspapers, where they have uh, explosions being heard um, around all of Ukraine, shelling as well, full-scale invasion, uh, and it's going to be of interest now to see how the response from Europe and the USA, or as they call it, the West will be. But text on that seems to... Uh, uh, have will will have changed from yesterday's program. We've been fed nonsense by our government and media for years, and the last two years of COVID are proof of that nonsense. They have lied to us about every single military conflict in living memory, and this Russian hype is more of the same. I wonder if you'd call it hype now this morning. Uh, Putin wants Ireland because he saw Michal Martin and Paul Reed's pay slips, says Frank. Well, that's a lighthearted approach to it. Uh, but Anthony says the West is always quite happy to take Putin's laundered money from his oligarchs. Uh, and no doubt in Ireland, so are we. One is wondering here whether or not Shannon Airport will be used now for big U.S. military stopovers if there is a war. Um, and then I was making a comparison to 
Hitler and his invasion and annexation of countries. Hi, Neil. The Hitler-Stalin-Putin comparison betrays a fundamental misunderstanding of history. How on earth can anyone say that Hitler was worse than Stalin and Putin is just as bad as Hitler? Firstly, by any metric, both Stalin and Hitler are orders of magnitude much worse than Putin. If we take off the rose-tinted glasses of socialism, we must accept that Stalin was guilty of every atrocity, even more than Hitler, and worse. Um, Hitler had Kristallnacht, Stalin had the Great Purge. Hitler had the Holocaust, Stalin had the Holodomer, which is the equivalent to their Holocaust. Hitler had the concentration camps and death camps, Stalin had the Gulags. So thank you for that. Uh, what your caller is not addressing is the leaders of these new republics are members of Russia's largest, largest political party. Um, and one or two more. Actually, there, there's many, many texts on this, but of course, everything has changed now uh, since uh, overnight with the actual full-scale invasion and military shelling and use of missiles and what have you. Uh, I also was sent to back here on Lee's side, of course. I was just sent a photograph of the entrance to the Spring Lane halting site, uh, and it is an absolute mess. It really and truly is. As I look at the photograph, what I'm, firstly, what strict, stands out straight away is a fridge. After that, then, you have um, discarded gas barrels, then what looks like car parts, uh, and then ripped open, like as in dozens upon dozens of ripped open black bags and white bags with the rubbish strewn all over uh, the entrance, just at the uh, the metal fences. Um, it's just disgusting. Now, who's responsible for it? I have no idea. Call earlier on this morning says the people pull up and just dump their rubbish there, which is unfair on the community that live in Spring Lane halting side if they're being blamed for it and it's not their responsibility. I think they have skips inside that they fill and the council comes along and moves those. But this is disgusting. Why would you go after a woman for not hanging her bin lid closed and bring her all the way to court when this kind of thing is tolerated and nothing seems to be done about it? Anyway, text 0868104106. I want to have a chat with Rivney actually because she finds herself in a very difficult position at the moment um, and that's an understatement. Rivney, good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Yeah. Okay, it's not a great phone line, so maybe if you just move around a little bit and see if we can improve it, because I am very anxious to hear your story. Has it got any better, I wonder? Okay. I can hear you okay. Okay, okay. Where to begin with this tragic story? Your beautiful, beautiful husband uh, passed away at the age of 42. Was that recently? Yes, it was about two weeks ago. Oh, no. And was and it a, was it a stroke? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the morning of the seventh. He had a massive stroke. <coughs> um, I, I got the ambulance, and you know they did everything they could from him. They got the clot out, and um, he was looking like he was going to be okay. He got movement back down one side, but um, a second clot went straight into the same spot again and did catastrophic damage. And um, we let him go on the tenth, um, and he was buried on Valentine's Day. Oh my God! What a shock! And um, no signs of this in the past. No mini strokes or health issues. No. No, I think he might have had one the night before, like a mini stroke. But a few days before, he had a headache and a ringing in his ear, and it was driving him nuts. And he went to the doctor on the Thursday before, and uh, the doctor said his blood pressure was very high and gave him tablets first. <coughs> You're not well um, either, I hear. But I'll come back to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he. Um, he was taking taps and they were bringing down the blood pressure with a little monitor at home but um, he seemed to just get worse then he thought maybe it was an absence he rang the dentist on the Friday and she prescribed some strong uh, antibiotics um, and over the weekend he just seemed to feel worse and worse 
and I had a son then died, uh, test positive on the Saturday for COVID, so I had to lock him away. My husband was supposed to start a, a brilliant new job on the Monday that it happened on, and he was he was in an office case, he might get a positive test. Yeah, and then, and yeah then that was his biggest worry at the time, yeah. So I was kind of focusing on the little fella and keeping him isolated and looking after him. Um, so I probably didn't take as much notice. And of course, symptoms like a headache and a ringing in ears, you don't take a much yeah. notice. Yeah. And as you start to feel a little bit worse, I'm saying maybe it's side effects of the tablets you've just started on. The antibiotics were very strong. The blood pressure medication was a new thing. So, um, like the Sunday night he came in, he'd been working outside in a van that he'd, he'd uh, got to for going to and from work, and he was working on it. And he came in, and he was saying he didn't feel well at all, and tingling down his left side. And I thought he slurred when he said it. But when he spoke again, it was fine, so I, did, I just missed it. And I said, look, it's too cold to be working outside, come in. Was it, was it tingling down his right arm, was it? Um, it was down his, 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 his arm and leg, his yeah. left side. And you thought he know, you noticed him slurring, right? Okay, go ahead. But I didn't take enough, like I said, that's probably from dying on the cold ground. And when he spoke again, there was no slur, so I thought maybe he was just kind of mumbling because he wasn't feeling good. But he got up the next morning, he never woke me. Um, I was off with the kids restricting, so we were having a lie-in. And he didn't want to wake me. And he got up at seven and threw his heart up. He rang South Dock and I checked his phone. He rang South Dock and they called him back at quarter to eight and told him it was probably an inner ear infection. Um, and then I was up in bed and I thought I heard noises. And my mum rang and woke me up fully. And um, she woke me up fully. I definitely heard noises. And ran down the stairs and two minutes later, I was on to 999. Had he, when I you ran down, he collapsed, did he? He was on the couch, but he couldn't move his left side. And I was, I'll hear, I guess. You know, he yeah. was talking really funny. Oh, I knew straight no. away then that it was a stroke, but I mean, stroke hadn't crossed my mind the whole weekend. You know, he was 42, he was otherwise in good health, um, and I didn't know that. Now, I should have taken more notice of the tingling, but he had been laying on the cold ground, you know. Outside, I know, but it's so sad to hear that it was so, it was missed time and time again, you know, put out to an ear infection. What else did you say? Yeah. Uh, high blood, blood pressure, pressure, things like that. Oh. Yeah. I mean, he did try to get help, you know, and for him to go to a doctor at all in the first place was, you know, I was surprised that he drunk out Jack and not woken me, that he felt that bad to ring them, you know, um, and not woken me. You know, he was still making sense when the hospital, uh, the ambulance came. The 999 caller had told me to keep him calm. So instead of saying all the things I'd like to have said, I was making jokes. You know, he was going into the back of the ambulance and I said, oh, anything to get out of work. And he just went, ha, ha. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very I funny. Know. I know. It's interesting you, know, you say that because what would you have said? I would have told him how much I loved him. Now, we told each other that every single day anyway, so it's not like it went and said, but, you know, I wish I could have said it the last time he, I saw him conscious, you know, because I never saw him conscious after that again. So the, <laughs> the, 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 the joke about anything to get off work was the last you said? <laughs> Yeah. No, we had a, we always had a laugh and a joke. He wouldn't have, you know, he didn't take offence. As I say, he would ha ha, very funny. I know. You know, but I know. I know. He was so excited. And even on the Thursday when he was at the GP, I was waiting out in the car, and uh, he was texting me about the waiting times and stuff. I said, I said, we'll probably send you to the hospital. He said, I hope not. He said, I don't want anything interfering with me starting work on Monday. And he was yeah. looking forward to this great new job. What's your husband's name? It's Thomas. Tom, Thomas. So, Tom. so Tom was starting a new... What did he do? Uh, well, he hadn't been working for years. He got three weeks' work before Christmas with Casey's Furniture. 
and he was thrilled, absolutely thrilled. He took every hour they'd give him, and they'd even told me he was a pleasure to work with, that he was really enthusiastic and um, everything. But that was only a seasonal job, yeah. and then he got the job calls for working in Dairy Golds, which is nearer. Great job, They'd yeah. have to drive over an hour down to work. He yeah. was, was going to be nearby, and it was a good job. It was good money. He was so excited. We were going to be able to start paying bills, pay the mortgage, get out of debt. We might even be able to have our first family holiday. Now, by that, I mean, like, you know, a weekend in the caravan by the seaside or something. Yes, but, you have three kids, you know, uh, two boys age eight and nine, and your daughter is, is 11. Do they never have a sun yeah. holiday? No, we've never been on holidays anywhere, even in Ireland. Um because, well, for a few years there, I was too sick to go anywhere, and then we just didn't have the money. As if, uh, as if things but weren't bad enough already, because, yeah, you, had, you have a serious bowel condition anyway, you have an ostomy bag, your gallbladder is packed up, you have a rare bleeding disorder. Um, I have COPD as well, as a chest condition, which I've been chain smoking the last two weeks, which I shouldn't be doing, but uh, yeah. I've just been living on rest and teeth since it happened. It's, I have to stop again, I know, but... Uh, just the last couple of weeks I'm just not functioning I'm not, so you're I'm not frazzled joking. yeah you're totally stressed out because there's incredible debt there isn't there there is although I have to say I, I really I wouldn't even be standing here today if it wasn't for the local community I in mean, Kildare is it up in Kildare yeah in Kildare they were driving me up and down to the hospital you know they were looking after the kids they started the funeral the parents' association even did a spread after the funeral, which was beautiful. Nothing like that. I couldn't have organised anything. Because I really of the grief, is it? Yeah, yeah, and shock. I mean, I'm not actually started the grief part yet, I don't think. I'm still not over the shock. Shock, yeah. yeah. Because I just didn't see it coming. I mean, worst case scenario, even when I called the ambulance and said it's a stroke, I thought physio, speech therapy, you know, things like that were going through my head as worst case scenario. I never for a million years thought somebody of that age, a big, strong man, was going to be taken down by us, you know? It just didn't cross my mind, and I still have trouble accepting it. Processing it, as they say, yeah. You probably wake up in the morning and wonder, was it a nightmare? Yeah, but I mean, the local community has been fantastic. I mean, they've kept the kids going, if nothing else. They've given me fuel, uh, coal, logs. You know, they've been getting the boiler started, the septic tank was gone. I mean, we've been managing on... For years, with loads of things being gone, the septic tank had been gone for about five years. Boiler's been gone for about the last three. He bought a second-hand one off done deal there just before Christmas. I was trying to fix it to get the heating back into the house. So it must have been frozen the last few winters, yeah? Well, we had the fire going, you know, and there was hot water bottles for the kids. We had some electric heaters, but with the cost of electric, now we were kind of rationing them. So the electric heater in the bathroom would only get turned on on shower night, you know. Um... And but was there you know, repossession proceedings? On. Were there re- repossessions proceedings started because of the non-payment of there the were. Mo- there were. There uh, were. The bank had started and we had court dates coming up, but then COVID kicked in. Um, and the court dates got cancelled. And then the bank sold the mortgage to a finance company. And we'd been in talks with them. No, in fairness, they've been very reasonable to deal with so far. But I haven't been talking to him. He was doing all that. Um and the last time he spoke to him, he said we were going to start paying and come up with a payment plan that he was going to be starting work. No so wonder he was excited day. about the new job, Rivney, because he also oh, saw the opportunity. so much. He saw the, the opportunity to start. Yeah, but he saw the opportunity for you to start making an effort to chip away at the mortgage. Yeah. yeah. To stop the repossession proceedings. Yeah, and stop struggling. I mean, everything is a struggle, you know. There's a, the minute you get the money together, to transcribe the money together to pay for one thing, something else would go. That's always the way. 
That's always and, the you know, way. We didn't like asking for help, you know. I mean, Do you perfect t- example, I wouldn't even ask my own family for help at times because I was just sick of annoying them. You know, my fridge packed up last summer in the middle of the summer and my sister could have helped me out with that. She, she deals with appliances and things. And I didn't tell her because she had started my cooker the year before. And I just didn't want to annoy her again, you know. Mm-hmm. And she would have done it in a heartbeat, but I didn't want to ask, you know. So, I mean, um, it's been tough. I was never asked for help, so I'm just completely overwhelmed with everything the community has I know, isn't community so important? They just roll their sleeves up and they can... Can I just ask you, do you think that, you know, all of the worry and the stress and the repossession and the lack of money and the bills and things breaking around the house, do you think that um, was one of the reasons why Tom got the stroke? I do, and I actually, I, I think it could be, and I feel responsible, because I react badly to stress. I stop eating, I can't think, I can't sleep. And he knew this, and he'd say to me, every time a new problem would come in the door, he'd say, give me a big bear hug, and he'd say, listen, love, don't you worry about it, just don't stress about it, I'll deal with this, okay? And I left him. I left him deal with this. I left him take all the stress. And I did my best to switch off to everything that would go wrong around us and just try and be oblivious to it because he didn't want me to end up in hospital again, you know. Um, I've had too much in the last few years. I mean, I've had, if you were to add it all up, I've had months in the last few years in hospital. Um, and he, he was there for me through all of it. I mean, there's a few times where he genuinely saved my life, where either it was a case of an emergency situation at home or doctors not listening to me. You know, I mean, I went in with my gallbladder. I was in, I'd been in agony for months on and off, up all night crying with pain. And it got to the stage where I was starting bringing up a lot of green. I was really sick. I was getting a temperature and he called South Rock who sent me into hospital. And they put me in, they brought me in. They were going to do an ultrasound because then they heard I had a beating disorder and they cancelled the ultrasound. They put me on a dementia ward for a week, which by the end of the week, I was going completely insane and wanted home. Mm. And they said, you're hypersensitive to pain. So you're fine to go home. It's just that you're hypersensitive to pain after bowel surgery six months ago. And that's why you're in so much pain. But you're actually fine. You can go home and wait for an outpatient appointment. And he got on the phone and he blasted them. He threatened legal proceedings and everything wouldn't let me home. I'd actually had a fight with him because I just wanted to get home at that stage. But there was another surgeon coming back on the Monday morning. This was on the Friday. And he said, you're to keep her until he gets in. He said, if she look, he looks at her and says she's okay to go home, fair enough. He said, but I'm not taking liability if you send her home now. And the other doctor came in on the Monday. Did an ultrasound. My bile duct was blocked and my gallbladder was ready <sighs> to explode. And I needed to get into surgery as fast as possible. Your husband he was said right. the bleeding disorder didn't matter because the risk to life was higher with the gallbladder at that point. Well, if you were getting sent home, I wouldn't surgery. be talking to you now. No, you wouldn't. And it's down to him because I was all for, I'm the quiet one. I was so he was quiet, absorbing okay. all of the worry and the stress and the pressure and the financial stuff um, himself. He was yeah. taking all that on. And you feel guilty about that now? I did all the basics for the kids and he did everything else, basically. You know, He and sounds he to me kids, like I mean, an incredible man. He was fantastic. And I mean, the last few years, you know, he couldn't work. He couldn't take the risk. I mean, there'd be more than one occasion at home where if he hadn't been here, I wouldn't be here. You know, there was another day I had a bad bleed and um, he was taking the kids to school and he was supposed to go on to an appointment afterwards. And I said, look, I'm not well, but carry on. I'll be fine. I'll see you when you come home. And he changed his mind. He dropped the kids to school and came straight back. And when he did, I was unconscious on the floor in a huge pool of blood. Um, And he got me to the ambulance just in time. I mean, I was told in the hospital, my blood pressure was 40 over 30 when they got me there. 
I had to be given something called gel effusion, which is what they give to gunshot victims to keep the heart beating, to put fluid in to keep the heart beating. Um, oh, you're, you're, yeah. I mean, listen, you've got enough to be so dealing with your own health him, alone. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Um, and he was afraid to go to work, but since all my surgeries, I, the last 12 months, I've actually gained weight. I was emaciated for a long while. <coughs> and I've gained weight. And I was getting stronger. And he thought, look, I think it's safe enough for me to start going back to work now when he started trying you now with COVID and everything was hard. But it was when the restrictions started getting lifted that he had a chance. And that's when he got the three weeks of Christmas, which he was thrilled over. And then he got the permanent position with Dairy Gold. This it was his first day and um, he was supposed to start. This is all went wrong. We thought our luck was finally changing for the good, but no, it just got worse again. It's just um, been I've one been a, long struggle, hasn't it? It has, for years. I mean, you took the plunge I mean, to get your own sir. home, to get your own bank mortgage and, you know, do it yourselves, you know, paddle your own canoe, put your own roof around you, you know. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I was working initially. I was the one working full time, and when I got sick, I got fired. Um, after seventeen years, so. Um, that that doesn't sound legal to me, but that's probably a story for another day. Yeah. Um, um, but like they, um, you, you they, they weren't particularly helpful. Yeah. But that, that was the start of us, and since then, the last few years have just been a nightmare of of one struggle after another. And do you mind me asking um, how much debt there is? I'll be honest with you, I don't want to sit down and do the maths because I just can't deal with it now. The mortgage is significant, to be honest with you, because it's a few years now worth of arrears. So what we had paid, I think it's probably not void at this stage. Yeah, you know? no, it is. Yeah, it counts for nothing. And there was, a, <coughs> there was a couple of loans taken out on the strength of starting work. I can use them to get the van, which I'm going to have to try and sell now. Uh, he used it to insure and tax the van. He uh, used it to get a skip to clean up the outside. But someone's going to have to sit down and add it all up at some stage. I'm going to have to, but I mean, you know, the the smallest things. Now, at the moment, I haven't called anybody important yet. I mean, yesterday now, I traumatised myself by filling in the um, death certificate form. (coughs) I'm I'm not so sorry. No, I'm I'm sorry if I'm putting you under pressure. I know you've got health problems and the COPD. yeah. It's just, I, I'd gone finding hard to deal with anything if it wasn't for the, the, the community around, there'd be nothing at all done. I mean, they're taking charge, they're just... But how are you, I mean, like, it's very cold again. now, you know, temperatures got right down into the minuses last night, and inland where you are, it's even colder, so, like, how are you doing for heat and, and food and, you know, basics? Well, the, 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 the local community have all rallied around there. I mean, they've given me coal and logs. They've got the heating in place, but it's putting up a fight. They came back and fixed it yesterday. It's gone again today. <coughs> Are they terrific people all the same, though, your neighbours? They're absolutely incredible because... We'll be sitting here with nothing. And how are how are the kids processing this? An eight, a nine, an eleven-year-old. What are they saying about that? The nine-year-old turned ten on Tuesday, um, and he got a few extra presents this year, so he was chuffed with that. But he he was fine all day, and then at bedtime he said, "You know, it was great to get the extra presents, but I'd rather have Dad here." And then he started asking me things like, "Who's going to teach me to shave?" Um, The eight-year-old had its first confession on Tuesday as well, and Tom always did that. He was the one who took all the kids to things like that. <coughs> and uh, he felt this. The eight-year-old felt it that night. I mean, for the most part, they're fine. They're outside now in the snow. 
uh, having great support for themselves. But they're up and down. Um, and I'm no help to them because, I mean, I was there last night now and one of them was bold. And it was a, you know, medium to red level bold that I would normally have referred to Tom, who would have given him a big lecture about respecting me and issued a punishment or a warning or one or the other. I know, but sure, look. And he wasn't there. I know. And I just went and cried for an hour because I was just, I even rang my sister going, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do this. You know, I'm, um, I'm, I'm not coping very well mm. at all. I You're mean, I've got a box of ashes here and I'm still not accepting it. You know, I'm still waiting for him to walk in the door and give me a big bear hug and tell me everything's going to be okay. You know? Because that was the kind of guy he was. He, oh, every time, you know? And I thought I had so many close calls, we, we tried not to... Yeah, you know, things. the attention was on you all along with your conditions and your sickness and everything. Well, uh, we thought it was going to be me because I'd had close calls, very close calls, and... Uh, we thought it was going to be me, but we always made a point to say, I love you before bed or at the end of every phone call, if he was going out the door, we'd say it several times a day. You must we think life is very unfair. You must think life is very unfair, do you? I am. Um, I can't even think that far at the moment, I'll be honest with you. You know, I'm not even at a stage of anger or blame or. But you deserved, you like deserved a break. You deserved many breaks. It sounds to me as if you never got a break. No. No, we we used to joke that we used up all our, ki- our good luck on having three amazing kids. <laughs> you um, did. Oh my, he sounds like an incredible guy. I'd love to have met your husband. So he was just... Oh, you'd have loved him. Yeah, I think I would. He's I think I would have been in awe of his positivity. He he was the life and soul. He could walk into a room and within half an hour he'd know everyone in there. He'd have spoken to everyone in there. Meanwhile, I'd have been standing by the doorway, not knowing anybody and waiting for him to That's come back. That's why I think life can be... Everybody. Yeah, I know. He'd come back and relay everything to you. You were you shy then? Like, yeah, I'm introvert. I'm not a people person. I don't go out and mix. I'm not good at making friends. Um, he he was the one. That's what I felt for our first day was his charm and confidence, you know. You, do, you are aware <laughs> that the Kildari Parents Association have put a fundraiser together to help your family. You're aware of that. Yeah, well, I know, I know that like they organised the funeral and everything else. Now I know that the funeral director raised his fees, which was amazing. Really, but, I mean, there was no charge there. He didn't charge for his fees. No, it's just expenses. That's inc- that's so, just I mean, so kind. It is incredible. Yeah, but I mean, there is still expenses there for even for everything they've done for me so far, and everything you know, as much as. <coughs> do you need? Do you need? Uh, an, do you need anything? Donating. I, I don't know is the honest truth I honestly couldn't tell you whether I need anything in the fridge even right now because my brain just isn't you know I, my 8 year old turned around to me the other day and said mummy you need to brush your hair I hadn't brushed it in 4 days you know um, and I, I didn't realise I know but sure you know why that is your hair is the least of your concerns you didn't even think of that well exactly you know but like yeah somebody gave me a beautiful bag of um, skin care when a lady dropped in a beautiful bag of skin care all different face creams and stuff I haven't had anything like that in years I haven't had makeup or hairdresser or clothes in years any new clothes I got were always birthday or Christmas presents off my mum and I'm looking at them and I'm one hand and going oh lovely and then the other hand and going but who am I going to look nice for you know what's what's the point? He's gone. What's the you point? Know? Yeah. Well, there is a point. You know, there is there is a. But that will all come. You know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be overstressing on anything like that. But food. You I mean you have to be fed, and more so at this time of the year. Well, I'm Body making needs sure fuel. the kids are obviously. I'm I'm not. Uh, 
I went to the doctor and said to her that I couldn't eat the other day, and she gave me some uh, forty fifth of like compound stuff. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I was hoping for possibly a bit more help, but maybe I'm supposed to feel like this right now when it's normal, and that she didn't feel that they needed anything else. I don't know. But, uh, are the kids are the kids getting proper food? Oh, they are. I'm making sure to feed them. Yeah. 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 Oh God, yeah. Obviously, I'm not there. Uh, and family, you have family them. that you have family that are keeping an eye on you, as well as the community. I do. My mum came down yesterday to drop me over to the um, registry office for that form. Okay. And uh, it's over an hour's drive, so it's hard for her because she's eighty-three. Do you think that the repossession over there then, and it was closed and appointment yeah. only, so it was a wasted trip. But she tried. Do you think that the repossession <laughs> proceedings will stop? It was, um, but I don't know what's going to happen now. As no. I said, the last discussion was that we were going to pay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that's not going is, to is, this, is there any, there's probably no life, life insurance or anything like that, no? No, nothing. No, nothing. No. no. So how could you? No, like I mean, you if he'd been in the job a couple of days, it would have been a different matter. There might have been something there, but he hasn't actually officially started yet. You had other um, bills to pay but, besides that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. I mean, when you're cutting costs at left, right, and centre, including cutting your own, you know, clothing costs and everything else out of your equation, then you're definitely cutting things like life insurance. It's one of the first things to go. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> well, you know, you'd be trying to pay the we mortgage the anyway. Insurance. We had the car insurance because, you know, it's a legal requirement, but everything else that wasn't necessary got stripped away long ago. You really need to, I don't mean to sound as if I'm lecturing you though, but you really need to mind your health now for yourself and for the children as well. I know, I know, I need to try and pull myself no, together. No, I didn't, I'm not saying pull yourself together, but get every kind of help that you can with regards to, you have a lot going on medically, you know? Well, I'm supposed to be going back to the specialist on the 8th. I mean, we'll talk more surgeries, but I really don't feel I can risk any more surgeries unless they're urgent or essential. Um, Absolutely, because you need... In the past, I can't leave the kids on their own. It was different when he was here. It was a bit more security going in that if something happens, they had him. Um, oh, I know, but you, but you don't want to leave them without a father and a mother, you know? No, so. this is it, yeah. So I'm going to have to have serious talks with the surgical team and say, look, yeah. I mean, I've heard he had the kidney trouble and... Um, you know, there was talk about surgery for that and stuff. And I'm just going to have to put up with the trouble it gives me because unless it causes a full blockage of the stoma, I'm going to have to put up with this. I know, you but know, just, like, what, what's so sad about this is, and I'll, I'll let you go, but what's so sad about it for me is that your luck was finally changing, you know. You got the new job, yeah. great company we to work so for. Excited. And then, of course, we really so you're robbed of that luck, you know. Why? Yeah. I mean, why would that happen? Like, it's just... Life can be so cruel, but... It's well, it's definitely a don't ever say things can't get any worse because for us, every single time they have, and I, I do want to say this can't be chopped, but if this was chopped, it would be one of the kids or myself and I can't handle that, so we're just going to say that things can get worse and we hope they don't. Okay, okay. You know? But listen to me, your family are around you, the community are incredible. There is an iDonate that's been set up by the Parents Association, a fundraiser to help you with all sorts of different debt and bills that need yes. to be paid and if there's enough you'd never know might be able to use some of it to I don't know to chip away at that mortgage debt you know well you know maybe if I could throw them a few up they might you know give me some breathing space till I figure something out they might call off the dogs like yeah I know okay yeah, yeah. okay listen it would be lovely to stay in touch with you it really would and 
If there's anything that you do need, don't hesitate to call. Thanks very much. Thank you. All right. Okay. Look after yourself for now. Thank you very much for your time. Okay, Reeve, take care for now. Bye, bye. Bye. There's an iDonate, iDonate.ie. It's the Kildare Parents Association fundraiser. There's about 15 and a half grand raised already. Uh, if you're moved by the conversation, perhaps you would like to be part of that fundraiser. iDonate.ie, Kildare Parents Association fundraiser. Sometimes I think, you know, life can be so, so cruel. I don't know who's controlling those. I don't know who's pulling the strings or why. Or there's some kind of a matrix or a universe going on. But, you know, for somebody who had been through so much, just as their luck was changing, new job, new opportunities, and this big uh, mountainy bear of a man who loved his family uh, was taken at the age of 42. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Great coverage of uh, apprenticeships yesterday. Some fabulous calls on it. Um, the lack of apprenticeships. And of course, Will was saying that uh, all too often people uh, go to college and probably don't want to go to college. And families and parents discourage sons and daughters from taking up apprenticeships. You'll never have a poor day or a lean day. And you'll earn huge money, travel the world and have a great life. One fellow said to me, I think it was Kieran, was saying that his son is an apprentice electrician and he goes out to work every morning whistling. He absolutely loves it. That's the one thing you want to be able to say about your job, isn't it? That you love it. Great topic. I absolutely hated school. It really wasn't for me. I always had it in my head that I wanted to be a chef. So after my junior cert, I really didn't want to go back. While I was on summer holidays, I got myself a start as a commie chef in a busy spot in town. And I never looked back. I went to the south of France when I was 20, came out of that after five years with head chef on my CV. I did some more traveling for a few years and now I'm back in Cork and settled. Never let a piece of paper determine what the rest of your life holds for you. As the fella says, and you know, follow your dreams, I suppose. My husband is an electrician and works in the city and surrounding area. We're from West Cork. He works six days a week and makes great money. So much, in fact, that I can stay at home with our four children. One or two more. Hi, Neil and Co. Are you, as you're talking about apprenticeships and trades, we currently have apprenticeships advertised with the Red FM Job Finder at Lisnabrin Engineering, a machinist company. They're looking for machinists and they're looking for apprentice, apprentices. Sorry, Neil, you, you're always on about tiring all people with the same brush. You just tired all the tradesmen saying we overcharge for small jobs. I don't, says Jer. Fair enough. I went for the ANCO test for an electrician's apprentice in Douglas back in 1979. I had no problem with the written exam. Then we were told to wire a plug. That's easy, yeah, but I couldn't do it in time. There was a girl doing it next to me and I was all over the place. I failed that. But the girl sitting next to me was Eleanor Aldridge, who was one of the top electricians in Cork. Fair play to her. I went on and did a panel beater course. No bother. Well, fair play to you. The electricals weren't for you, but the panel beating was. Why do people always have to get a tradesman recommended? As there, are, Why do people always have to get a tradesman recommended as there are so many cowboys out there? I'm not knocking the decent good tradesman who I know, but I had a cowboy plumber recommended to me eight years ago who put in a new bathroom and ended up taking so many shortcuts it caused flooding in my home and I had to get the entire job redone. This should not happen in this day and age. I have no idea 
by somebody recommended him, assuming it was a him. People can become an electrician's mate if they're not able for the college side of things, apparently. Um, morning, this is the old Nokia man here. I used to have a medium-sized plumbing and heating business in England, employing about 14 plumbers and two or three apprenticeships. The lads started at 16 for four years, with one day a week in college. When I came down to West Cork in 98, most plumbers worked on their own and just didn't want the hassle. When the recession came, a lot of tradesmen left West Cork for London and the Olympic Park Village. New housing work completely dried up, so there are no apprentices taken on for years and years. So if there's a shortage of trades, that's one of the reasons why. Okay, quickly back to the phone lines. Marie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Um, things falling from the sky. Was this plastic or glass? Falling from the sky is right. Um, I t- it was a two-litre uh, bottle full of water. And because my daughter was coming back from work on uh, Tuesday evening, and I usually pick her up between Pa Johnson's there and the cat club, right? Yeah, I know it. I know it well. You yeah. know it well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she come, she walks over with a few friends, and she crosses the road there. And as she crossed the road, this bottle came out of the top window of one of the apartments. No, was it a glass bottle or a plastic? No, bottle? no plastic bottle, Neil. And it wasn't just one, another one came after it. Another came, she just got onto the footpath and another one came right out onto the road. Now you know yourself, that's a busy road. It's uh, cars, trucks, buses, you name it, are coming out that direction, you know? Did she and look up and see if anyone was throwing them down? Oh, the window was wide open. window was wide open because when I came on the scene, uh, I saw her looking up and I thought there was something wrong. I thought there was somebody, you know, shouting or something. But um, she said, Mam, she said, I just escaped. She said, a two litre bottle of water coming out. And then a second one? second one came out. And then a third? A third one. The third one, was a small, something like that, what you give a child, you know? What are they playing at? Are they apartments or what? They're apartments, they're apartments. And there was a lad fixing, I don't know, it was an electrician outside, uh, Pat Johnson, and he came off to her. And he asked, was she okay? He said, God, you were the lucky escape. Yeah, because that would have been <coughs> a, a fast-travelling missile. That would have oh, done yeah. a lot of damage if it hit her. Of course it would have. And if it, even if it slightly hit her on the shoulder, it could have knocked her out onto the road, you know? Oh, no. So there, was a lot of, there was a lot of this. But, like, at the same time, Neil, I just want to bring attention to people. Oh, no, I know, I know, I because know. Because we went into Watercourse Road Guard Station. Of course, they were closed. That was 10 to 6, and we got on Tangledsley Street, and they said they send the car out. No, we didn't hear anything whether they got on to somebody or not, I don't it's know. Not, it's not right, and I know it's not the Gardaí's fault themselves, because they don't make the rules, but it's not right that Garda stations are closed. It just oh, isn't. Just, People should be able to walk into a Garda station. This yeah. is it, like, and, and being honest about it, I said it to the guy, that's on the bar, you know, and he said that happened again, he said, about 12 months ago. There's somebody's up there firing bottles out the window? Firing bottles out the window, Neil. It's insane. And I mean, I'm, I'm on the stage now that I have to tell her to stay on that side of the road now and to walk out a bit further for me to pick her up. But your guard should visit that apartment block. Of course they should. Of course they should. Firing missiles out the window at the passing public. That's ridiculous. Well, you know, if we've got a car, you know, you can imagine if well, a car... Well, a car is cars. one thing, but a head is another, or a child in yes. a buggy is another again. Yes, yes, okay. yes. And there's a lot of people now being picked up at that corner, you know? Thanks for the tip off, Marie. Thank no you. Bother, Neil. Take, Take care. care. Cheers. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Calls on the way. Thank you for making the Neil Prenderville Show the most listened to talk show in Cork again. Cork's Red FM.
has happened. Uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine started overnight with explosions all over the country and shelling all over the country. I'm reading this morning that up to 40 people have already lost their lives that have died at this stage. Um, and it is very, very worrying. Um, this is all, an update on that as well as that apparently Putin has told the Ukraine army to put down their weapons and to go home. Um, and not to enter any conflict against his soldiers. Um, we have uh, an awful lot of people from that part of the world, all over uh, that part of the world, living here in Cork. And over the past few days, I've had an opportunity to chat with one or two of them. Um, I hope to be able to get back live to Ukraine between now and midday, if at all possible. But I got a very lengthy email. I read every single word of it. It was a fascinating email from Elena. Uh, who actually is from central Ukraine, but has been living here 20 years now. Elena, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How do you feel about your home country this morning? Oh, um, it's a bit emotional, I have to say. And um, Sorry. Um, I can understand that, because, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, not like, I can't feel your pain, but I can only imagine what it would be like if, if I was you know, four or 5,000 miles away from Ireland and this were happening, you know? I'd feel, I'd feel helpless. Yeah, that's it. Helpless is a perfect word to describe it, actually. But you know what? I am quite lucky that my mom... I, I don't have a big family. I just have my mom. And um, she's still in Ukraine. But she's... You know what? She's not worried because she's not... Um, next to any fire or, or next to any border so she's okay and kind of but the country is being hit by wave after God, wave yes. of missile yes. strikes though yes yes and i was hoping that it won't come to it but obviously i was wrong and you know what a few years ago my mom and i had this conversation and she was determined that one day that putin is going to be strong enough to um to come and eventually claim some part of Ukraine to be part of Russia and I just laughed in her face and I said that's never going to happen don't be so stupid why does he want Ukraine you guys have huge holes in your pockets and they can't be filled because Ukrainians can never be satisfied and I'm not talking about the regular folks and hardworking people I'm talking about politicians and the leaders that we've had if you can call them that that drove the country into absolute ruin you said to me that in 1991, when the USSR broke up, Ukraine was the richest of all the republics. It had no debt, people had huge savings, unlimited mineral resources, incredible uh, production levels and farming and what have you. And now you have nothing. Is it because, exactly. of, cor- is it because of corrupt Ukrainian politicians? Yes, absolutely nothing. The country is, I can't understand how a country like Ukraine can be in such ruin and it is in such a deep doom that I don't think there is a way out. No matter who they go with, Americans, Russians, it doesn't matter. It's never going to be the same because the country is split, the population is split because some of them are people can't survive they had the human right or the human life doesn't cost anything it has become i don't know china or brazil or india where you know people when, are disposable when you sent me that email had uh, putin started airstrikes and military strikes no okay because you said that all i'm hearing is one-sided anti-russian bs have you changed your mind about that now well He's killing, he's, he's killing your countrymen and women. Yeah, well, you see, I didn't think it would come to it. Because when he took 
Crimea, he didn't actually spill any blood. People wanted to go with him willingly, and they're quite happy, and they wouldn't go back. Nothing happened. He didn't hit, kill any citizens. He didn't harm the families. He didn't take away any properties. He didn't. People were able to retain what they have. They just have a different passport, and they they're quite happy. I but know you, but, a lot of people Ukraine from Ukraine. Doesn't Crimea. want to be Ukraine as a big country. Doesn't want to be Russian. There there are there are parts of it, separatist areas that do right. Mm-hmm. Isn't that it? Right, but you see, what that's what annoyed me is people kind of talk about the separatists as if though they are the bad guys. But if you lived in the conditions that you were living, wouldn't you want to be part of something a bit better than that? You would want something better for your family. I know that, you but why didn't, want he, to be, why didn't he just yeah. stop at those regions? Why is he, he's, like, he's, he's bombing cities and towns and he's... Close to bombing Kiev. I guess he, ha- you see, historically Ukrainian and Russian um, cultural and historical background is very, very complicated. It's not as straightforward as Irish and English. There was Ireland and there was England and English wanted the Irish and they took over the land and that's that. But it was always Ireland. It had, it o- it had its own identity and the territory and it's quite clear. Whereas Ukrainian history is quite complicated. It has always been intertwined with Russian because it's not just a neighbor. It's a sister nation. I don't think people understand that. It's actually like there was back. Okay, this going back hundreds of years ago. But Ukraine had always been part of Russia because it had been one one country. It was called Kiev and Rus and it broke up in 1240. And since then, Ukraine had had been kind of a no man's land big portion of Ukraine had always been under Russian kind of... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the word I was looking for? Not control, rule, but, dominance. Yeah, control, rule, yeah. but you see, they couldn't defend themselves. The Ukrainians had no nobility, no royalty, no president, so they were not governed by anyone. So do you and believe so that were, there are people within Ukraine are actually would be happy to go back into Russia? Oh, God, yeah, my mother will be one of them. She's delighted. She Skyped me twice last night. She couldn't wait. Astonishing. Hold on to that. I want to pick up my conversation with you and finish it after 11, but I'm out of time for now. You okay in about 10 minutes' time? Sure. Okay, thank you for that. We'll come back after 10. Text 0868104106. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie, and you can join us for the very best in local, national, and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. New year, new number for Neil. 0818-104-106. Okay, we'll get back to our phone lines in a few minutes' time. Let me just mention something because I'll run out of time otherwise a little later on if I hold on any longer. But there's a great opportunity for anybody that's interested in Illan Pipes tonight down in Castle Lyons Community Centre. Now, Peabara Illan which is the organisation that looks after piping in Ireland. I, I play the Illan Pipes, but I suppose, you know, you're always trying to uh, get better and better and better and you're practicing and learning all of the time but they are trying to roll out um, more opportunities for people to take up piping and of course I believe that it is fair to say it's our our national instrument and has been for hundreds and hundreds of years. So they're having um, a lot of different uh, opportunities around the country for people to go along to hear pipers playing and also to pick up a set of pipes, a set of practice pipes and to try them out. You might want to Give it a go yourself. You might have a son or a daughter that you think might like to take up the pipes. So this is one of the events that they have lined up all over the country, and it's in Castle Lions Community Centre. Now, I only, heard it, I only heard about it this morning, so the event is actually today. It happens from half past five to half past seven at Castle Lions Community Centre. There'll be uh, some super pipers there 
to play and then there'll be sets of pipes there that people can just pick up and you know try out like usually with Illum pipes you start with a practice set which would just be the bag and the chanter and then you build up to um, you know um, uh, drones and uh, regulators and things like that later but anybody interested in that of any age should get themselves along to Castle Lions Community Centre maybe you've always been interested by the sound of the pipes they're just such a beautiful instrument this is your chance if you're in that area if there are other events like this coming up in the County of Cork I'll bring them to your attention uh, but I just wanted to mention that one half five to half seven tonight at Castle Lions Community Centre it's your chance to try the pipes you never know you might want to take up a musical instrument and it's a great one should you choose to pick up the pipes and give them an old blast or a blaze, as I like to call it, blaze away on them. Anyway, text 0868104106 for all of the business. And I was just chatting with Elena there before 11 and we ran out of time. Um, if I can get Eugene, I will. But I think that at this stage now of the day in Ukraine, um, there's all sorts of problems with telecommunications there as well as everything else, panic buying, queues, ATMs are empty of cash. There's food shortages, fuel shortages and lots of queuing. Elena. Yes. You're, you're probably aware I'm of all here. of this. You're probably studying it and watching it very closely. Um, you said to me that your mother is delighted. She can't wait for the Russians. That's pretty, uh-huh. that's pretty extraordinary. It is extraordinary. I know because people are, well, not all people, but a lot of people are driven to desperation and they probably see Russians as the saviors rather than the doom, you know. But I think that I genuinely don't think that Putin wanted this to happen. I think he held out as long as he could and he probably just came to this decision because there was no other way and why be fair, what I does he what does he want i mean you okay. you you, you so say is, you say that he's not a he, that he that he's not you say he's not a psycho but he is a dictator like what does he I want i don't think i don't think he's a psycho because he's very calculating and he's very clever i mean he doesn't just make decisions unless it's you know it benefits him. So I don't think that describes a psycho. That's just a very... You have to admire him as a leader of a country. Okay, so if he's not a psycho, then there's method to his madness. What does he want? So I think that he probably harbors this notion of Ukraine joining, um, or at least majority of Ukraine, joining Russia again as part of Russian Federation. But you can't go in with tanks and guns and missiles. Forty people are dead already that we know of. You can't Sure. Just- but you see, we don't know what they're talking about behind closed doors, do we? Because we're only being told what's official. And so I don't know what Putin is talking about with um, current Ukrainian president when nobody else is listening. You know, we don't know the conditions that they gave each other. We don't know exactly 100% to what's happening behind closed doors because people never really know. Are you glad the Russians have gone in? No, God, I'm not glad because I don't want to see anybody dead. And I didn't really think that this was going, to, was going to happen, you know. I think if he was going to take over, he would do it as peacefully as possible. Yeah. I, I honestly mean, didn't think that he was going to bomb the crap out of my country. You, say Ukraine, time, you say Ukraine is like a beautiful woman. Explain that to me. Well, <laughs> all right. So I'm, I'm just saying that Ukraine had all the assets and it had all the conditions and had perp- it had perfect start to begin a bright future. And a leader who would have been strong and knew what he was doing and thought about his country before thinking of himself would have brought this country to glory and it would have been amazing. Instead, they re- instead, and instead it's an absolute ruin. And if bled, so no your politicians back, and your leaders bled it dry. That's why you say Ukraine is you like a beautiful woman. 
that yeah. went to bed with too many bad guys ended up on the street in a gutter with heroin addiction. That's exactly pretty powerful stuff. If I if I was to paint a painting, that would that would that's that's what I would have painted, you know. And is there bad unemployment there? You mentioned unemployment, racism, inequality, extreme poverty. Drug addiction is yes. that's all. What country doesn't have all that? I suppose. Exactly, including but, America, incidentally. Yes, but what country closes down schools and uh, closes down ambulances and hospitals and basic needs that people need? My mother lives in a small town. It, the town has about ten thousand people in it, and it has no ambulance service. So, if you're having a heart attack, you're gonna die. Mm. You can't even send her um, a postcard. No, for a I can't. Card. I sent her a postcard for Christmas, and then I found out afterwards that there isn't actually um, a post service. So, do you um, think many people like your mother are happy that the Russians are coming? Yes, I think so because there's a lot of. See, that's. I think that's the most heartbreaking part is that the population itself is split into two. Some people think that the Russians are saviors and some people think that the Russians are aggressors. But I don't know exactly what happened in the space of 20 years that I lived here. I certainly don't hate Russian people and I've never hated anyone of any race or any nationality. But there seems to be this tension between Russians and Ukrainians. I mean, since when did we start hating each other? Obviously, I've missed out on all the brainwashing in the last 20 years. Hold on there, if you will. Sean, good morning. Hi, how's it going, Neil? Jump in on this, because we know the update's well, overnight. Jesus, I'm, I'm a bit appalled to be hearing this language from Elena. Frankly, it's uh, sort of giving me flashbacks. Not that I was there on the scene, but it's giving me 1938 Sudetenland flashbacks. Putin has said explicitly that wherever Russians are, there is Russia. Uh, this is the same dogma that was preached by Hitler. Wherever Germans are, there is Germany. Uh... I think Alina is a bit naive there when she's thinking that the, the Putin is calculating and that this is all we, I'm, I'm probably paraphrasing here, I apologize, but that, you know, he didn't intend for this and it's just that he couldn't get what he's wanted, so now he's going to invade. I what, think that's you, you think wrong. it's just one big land grab with armed forces at the front? I, I don't have to think that. I can look at the man's words, his actions for the last 20 years. He said that the breakup of the Soviet empire is the greatest geopolitical disaster of the 20th century, seeming to forget that 40 million of his countrymen were killed in an invasion during that same century. Uh, do, do you believe that, 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 that Ukraine is only the first, that he will go, that he's trying to reform the USSR? Yes. Okay. That's what he's made explicitly. And, and again, this, this thing about him being calculating, that, that only goes up to a point. Well, yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it only it only goes so far because how many people? How, how old do you think Putin is? Top of your head, Neil. I imagine he's got to be sixty-eight, seventy, perhaps. Well, right, you're right on. But he's sixty-nine. He turned seventy later this year. Okay. Uh, there comes a certain point for everybody, no matter how calculating they've been in their whole life, when they see the uh, the exit sign up ahead, and. Uh, Everybody makes that calculation differently. Uh, you think I'm, that Putin is pulling the trigger, actually literally pulling the trigger now, because he's getting older? Because he's getting and older. He feels and he's he running wants, out of time. He wants to make his place in world history. He's going to put his name in the books for all time. Again, Neil, this is what he's been saying and doing for over 20 years now. You know that a, you know that a lot of this 
fear and distrust is actually between your country and Russia. You know that. And, uh, you know, much it's not of my country, it's not my country anymore, Neil. I've been here 16 years. Um, but you would, I, you would, but you would still call yourself American, though. I'd call myself an Irishman who's from America. Okay. I wouldn't call myself an why American. Is the, why is that? Why is that? <clears throat> because it's a horrible place, and that's a whole separate side issue of why I moved here 16 years ago, okay. is that this country is better than the United States in the ways that daily, day-to-day living, it's just a more decent society. Um, but do you accept that America pokes its nose into a lot of other people's business? Oh, America has military bases all over the world. I get that. There's no, this isn't a sort of a tukolke. This isn't a sort of, a what, you know, but what about him? What about ism? I know yeah, what you're America saying. has bases all over the world. There was even Secretary State Blinken when he was speaking at the UN last Thursday. He even pointed out when he was presenting this, the intelligence efforts to, to the United Nations, he was saying, I realized that in the past, you know, U.S. intelligence has been a bit dodgy. And, but in this case, what we're doing here is we're trying to prevent a war, not, not start a war. Uh, I, don't, I don't see how the U.S. Now, obviously, the U.S. is involved here, but I don't see how the U.S. is going to get the blame for this one. This okay, but a, do either a, of you have a thought as to whether this will end at um, economic sanctions or will there be a military pushback by this NATO? Will, this, will, this will go on for years now, maybe mm-hmm. years. I think Elena is a bit, again, I, I, she's from there, and I, I feel like an ass even saying this, but I think she's, she's being a bit naive here. What, what we're going to see is, uh, you remember, well, maybe you don't remember, but all right, the, the, the Germans, the 12th century, the Germans set out from Germany, they colonized Poland, Hungary, Romania, they set up cities, it was called the Aussiedlung. They were living there for hundreds of years. At the end of World War II, 12 million of them were expelled from these lands, and about a million of them died. They were all sent back to Germany, basically. I think something like that is going to be the end result of this. There's not going to be Russians and Ukrainians living together in, U- in Ukraine. That, that's not going to. That's not the end of this. This is going to be very bloody. But do you expect a mili- But do you do you expect a military response to Russia? From whom? NATO? Yeah. Americans, yeah. French, Germans. Well, we'll probably British. we'll see what will happen again. What will happen is. Biden has already said, he said last night, that he's going to be sending in military uh, supplies to Ukraine. The EU announced a few hours ago, Van Leiden, the president, there's going to be huge sanctions. Russia is going to hit back against that. So why? Okay, back. yeah, but besides... They're going to hit back with cyber, with cyber attacks, with asymmetric warfare. Then the question becomes, how much pain does NATO tolerate before they respond in kind? And this is the way it has always gone in wars. It starts out, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a big deal, and then before you know it, you literally have a catastrophe. Okay, okay, okay. While you compare Putin to Hitler, you think Elena is... Why is she naive, did you say? Well, about Putin, not so much about Ukraine, about Putin's intentions, I think, the naivete is there. And uh, and she's not wrong when she says that there's lots of Ukrainians who are welcoming the Russians. I'm sure there are. There's a, there's a huge mixture of Russians in Ukraine, so it's going to be very messy. This is the thing. It's going to be an awful, awful, I mean, like I have to tell Irish people about how awful a civil war can be. You know, families torn apart and things like this. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is what is going to be happening, unfortunately. Okay, let me get some more calls on. Do you want to respond to that, Elena? I just wanted to um, 
you see, in this case, I think people are going with the lesser evil rather than they don't see that they don't. I don't think people think that it's going to be all rainbows and happy endings. In this case, they think that the Russians are lesser evil than the Americans, and that's why they want to do that. I don't think I'm very naive about Putin. I think. I don't think he wanted to spill any Ukrainian blood at the very beginning. I don't believe that. But, you know, and also you say that he wants to make his name in history. He's already made his name in history. I mean, when he inherited Russia from Yeltsin, Russia was on its knees. It was everyone's, you know, I was going to say something. And what is it now? What is it now? It's a a gas station. Now it's strong. Hang on a sec. But it's strong. It can defend itself. Whether before, there were vultures and scavengers all around it, and now it's strong. And now it dictates its rules, and it doesn't take, unlike Ukraine, dictatorship from the Jews and the Americans. And Americans have already pretty much taken away away people's lands because of the financial debt. America is awful. America is awful. No disagreement there. You realize the average Irishman at birth lives 10 years longer than the average Russian man at birth. 78 to 68. Wait, let, can I just tell you one what thing? Is, I'm is, just going to tell is, you one last what thing. Does, what does Russia export besides raw materials and weapons? Nothing. Uh, Nothing. Not a thing. Why is that relevant? Some farm, some farm machine. How is that? Because... I'm pointing out that you're saying that, that Putin did this, this great statesman who built Russia up. He didn't build Russia into anything. He's a gangster who took over a, a broken country. That's who he is. He didn't do anything for the people of Russia. The people of Russia are still in a poor country. They're not getting any better. The, the life expectancy, you, you realize their population was decreasing up until five years ago. During what, what leader of a country sees more of his people dying than being born? And you say that's a good leader. Uh, yeah, but you, you, and you say that while also acknowledging the problems in America with much of the same. I hate America. Can I, I'd like to be more explicit about this. It's a <laughs> dumpster fire and it's done a lot of horrible things. But that's not the topic of discussion I right gotcha. now. I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Okay, but the topic of discussion is that because Americans are all over Ukrainian land, this is happening. That is the topic of discussion. Because they would have been, Ukraine has no defense on its own because, hang on, no, 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 wait, let me finish. Ukraine has no army, no fleet, no defense of any kind because they let it rot and sit there for years and they have not done anything to invest in any defense. And so for Putin to take over Ukraine, it would have taken no effort whatsoever, only for the American meddling. Were the Americans there in, in Poland and Ukraine and Russia in the, in the mid-17th century when the Russians... Uh, well, I mean, Poles, like, there's no point going back to the 1700s. That is but when Kiev was gained by Russia territorially, Neil. I'm yeah. just saying. So, uh, there's, there's, there, there's a pattern. Are there, are there American military already in, in Ukraine? Advisors and special forces, I'm sure, yes. Yeah, not so, so, what, what, so that's going to pee. That's going to pee Putin off, isn't it? Americans on their back door? A lot of things pee Putin off. People, people going about their daily lives and deciding they don't want to listen to him pees, pee, pees him off. So okay. I, I really don't care what it pees him off. Okay, let me get some more calls on this. Do feel free to stay in touch. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Elena. Actually, the Taoiseach has just announced now that visas will be waived for Ukrainian people. Actually, Elena, are you still there? Yes, I yeah, am. The Taoiseach has just announced that visas will be waived for Ukrainian people who want to come to Ireland in order to help reunite families who are based here. How do you feel about that? Oh, wow. I must call my mother. But she won't want to come if she's happy. Well, 
I'll, I'll, you know. Do you think that people, because apparently hundreds of thousands are leaving the country. Well, if they can, I suppose if they can, they would be leaving the country, but that's not going to be easy for anyone, is it? Yeah. There's going to be more refugees all over the world and more mouths to feed and more people with no home. Okay, but that's the latest (laughs) announcement on that. Thanks, Elena, that uh, visas will be waived for Ukrainians who want to come to Ireland. Robert, good morning. Uh, Good morning, Neil. Okay, I'm going to just blast through some calls on this, so make your point. Uh, Basically, the big picture is I'm kind of weighing in to back up Helena, which wasn't mentioned. You asked her repeatedly what Putin wants. Basically, Putin doesn't want Ukraine to turn into a missile platform for United States. The Yanks were meddling with Ukraine last 10 years. And what is happening there in last 10 years is equivalent of Texas State breaking away from United States turning up to something which claiming has nothing to do with the United States and then join Warsaw Pact. That's what is happening. Also. No, hang on a second. It's difficult to understand. You're, you're, you're Czech, are you? No, uh, I'm Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're saying that the, the US are there middling and interfering for years and Putin is, yes. pa- is panicked now because they're on Russia's back door. No, he's not, he, he's not panicking. He just sees what is happening. Oh, he's just being realistic. He's very calm and calculated. Being being realistic, I'm just likening that it's equivalent of state Texas breaking... What is happening in Ukraine in the last 10 years is equivalent of state Texas breaking away from the United States, claiming it has nothing to do with the United States, and wanting to join Warsaw Pact, and install missile, aiming... It would be like Texas breaking away from the U.S. and wanting to join Russia. Yes, yes. I see. Yes, that's exactly what is happening over there. Okay. So okay. this is just calculated response. Okay. And, uh, not, nothing, no, nothing else should be expected. This is, this is like more complicated topic, but she's perfectly right. You there blame... One people, there were one nation. S- yes. So what is it, America, too many okay. fingers and too many pies? Oh, Jesus, yes. Yeah. Okay. By all means. Okay, thank you. Much obliged, Robert. Back after the break. Text 0868104106. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Okay. Red FM. Michaela Hurley, he is a defense and security expert, editor of Diplomacy Magazine in Ireland, and his wife actually is Ukrainian, joins me by phone. Michal, good morning. Good morning. It's amazing to watch Flight Radar 24. I don't know if you've had a look at that this morning. You probably have. There isn't a single plane in Ukrainian airspace. They're all around Moldova, Lithuania, Belarus um, and the Russian border. But nothing flying in Ukrainian airspace. It's astonishing to watch. Well, certainly no civilian aircraft wants to be in the air. The Russians have a history. They shot down MH17, a civilian airliner. Uh, in 2014, so everybody's being prudent. However, it creates a humanitarian crisis because 47 million people are now trapped inside of Ukraine with Russian artillery falling on their heads with uh, nowhere to go. And loss of life already, as we know. Well, uh, Ukraine lost 14,000 people in the invasion in 2014, experienced 1.5 million internally displaced people, and over 100,000 casualties. Uh, we can only expect, given the breadth of the Russian assault that uh, occurred overnight, that those numbers will pair in comparison to what we will see in the coming days. Really? Are you really serious about that? I think it's time for everybody to be reasonable and understand that Putin has assembled the largest military force since World War II. He has unleashed it. 
He's at the top of his power game. He knows that Europe's going to quit buying all of his energy resources, dirty coal, oil, and gas yeah. because of our carbon emission goals. And now is the time for him to strike his why? But why? Like why? Okay, so we so we'd stop using their gas and we stop using their oil and stuff. Why does he need a land grab? You only need to read his autobiography and the essay he wrote last summer, in which he blames the West for the fall of the Soviet Empire. He took it as a personal affront, and he has made it his stated goal to reassemble. A greater Russia, oh, which includes reassembling what had been the Soviet Union. Just as Hitler did in Mein Kampf, he told us what he was going to do. We've been fools to think it was ever about NATO. It's always been about reassembling the Soviet Union. I see. And he's at the top of his power game, and now he's using it. And how is NATO and the West supposed to respond to this? I'm hearing of... 100 jets on high alert now. It should be military jets on high alert. These are NATO jets. Is this going to stop at economic sanctions or a military response? I think only time will tell. We have to remember that NATO works by consensus. Hungary has already said that they have sided with uh, Russia and betrayed their promises to NATO and mutual security in Europe. Um, NATO might do something as they did in Bosnia-Herzegovina when they intervened to save the lives of civilians, Muslims who were being murdered in a genocide. Uh, But even then, uh, it it, it might well escalate the situation. So our, our concerns really as a country in Ireland should be on a humanitarian level, should it, or more? Absolutely. Right now, we have not made any real provisions to help with a humanitarian crisis of this size. Again, expected to be the largest since World War II. No, we've just been, it's just been announced that any Ukrainian can come here. No visa required. I'm not saying that. But we can make a concerted effort to be helpful. We can expect thousands and thousands of people to cross the Polish frontier anytime soon. We need to put pressure on Hungary to keep its border open. Civilians will be hungry. It's four degrees below zero right now in Kiev. They will be wet, cold, hungry, and afraid. Yes. And we need to be prepared to help them. That's our humanitarian undertaking and our neutrality our neutrality is not challenged by being humanitarian. Yes, we, we are already seeing signs of that with panic buying at supermarkets, lots of queuing, um, not just at fuel stations, but also at supermarkets. ATMs have run out of cash. There are explosions well, in all major cities and towns. My sister-in-law was woken up this morning with her building shaken and artillery falling around their heads. She's 20 years old, and instead of having fun and studying at university... She now has a backpack on, fleeing for her life. That is what Russia has done, because Ukraine was a functioning democracy on the border of a despot country, and Putin couldn't stand that. It's not about the U.S., it's not about anything other than Putin wanting to realize his goal of reassembling a Russian empire. But are there Russians within Ukraine territory that want to be back part of Russia again? There are Irish people inside of Ireland who want a united Ireland. There are 
people who don't want a united Ireland. They are a gross minority, and there's a misunderstanding. If you go to the Donbass, Luhansk and Donetsk, the supposed Russian regions, you will find that most of those people do not want to be under Russian control. Since 2014, their lives have gotten measurably worse. Don't buy into the propaganda. Ask the people who know. And tell me this, were people caught by surprise there, the likes of your your wife's sister and everybody else? They just didn't expect this to happen, is it? Now, everybody has been sleeping with their bathtubs filled at night because they know that Russia has a penchant for disturbing critical infrastructure like water and yeah. electricity. Yeah. They've been buying batteries. They've had backpacks. No one in Ukraine is surprised. Here's where we need to be concerned in Ireland. During the pandemic... Ukraine was the breadbasket for all of Europe. And we are going to experience food shortages in Ireland and everything else because of the Russian invasion. We will not go unscathed because of Russia's illegal conduct. Is your, is your wife very upset? Of course she's upset. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have to tell you, I'm a grown man. I spent two and a half years at war. I was decorated for heroism in combat. I spent hours crying. But when I finished, I was determined to do whatever I could to help Ukraine. Mm. What can you do? It's that simple. What can I do? Conversations uh, can like this help. We get packages think, yes. together. We can urge Dolaren to pass a resolution making clear where Ireland stands. We can put out good information as opposed to Russian propaganda because the internet is being flooded already with this view that Russians were being persecuted. I guarantee you that's not the but case. But the only response from NATO to date, right up until a few minutes ago, is calling on Russia to immediately withdraw. You're like, is that, I mean, that's weak, isn't it? Well, well, what can we do? When you're being threatened by a criminal gang in your neighborhood, you can't just become a vigilante and attack them. You must call them to abide by the law. The, The fact that NATO was reasonable, calm, rational, and wanted to give every effort for diplomacy to work should not be held against them. For I now. hear a lot of talk from your callers that NATO in the U.S. has wanted this attack. I, I, I think a, a review of the last few days will show that that's just not true. Okay. Russia is even saying that Poland is sending troops in to conduct sabotage. It's yeah, absurd. but that's, that's the kind of fake news in an online world, you know. But unfortunately, people buy into it. Mm, mm, yeah. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater and call yourself innocent. People need to get real. Stop this animosity of the U.S. It's about Ukraine and its existence and the fact that they wanted to be part of Europe. And let me just say So it's not about America being in Ukraine on Russia's back door and him getting very nervous about it. Oh, listen. NATO is closer in Poland. They share a border with Russia in Alaska. There are bigger threats. It's never been about NATO. It's about a functioning democracy. But it has been about NATO. No, I mean, it has been about NATO because I've heard over and over again that Ukraine was about to join NATO and Putin was saying over my dead body would NATO be even closer to Russia than it already is. Listen, 
Ukraine wasn't close at all. Let's be clear about the facts. In 2010, Ukraine declared in the Constitution and by Parliamentary Act that it was a neutral, unaligned nation. Neutral. It wasn't until Russia invaded in 2014 that Ukraine asked to be a member of NATO. Yeah, so you're agreeing with what I'm saying. Well, listen, it's like blaming a homeowner for putting an alarm in their house after they've been ransacked. No, but it's how Putin would react to that news, you see. Well, it's it's how criminals react when you put uh, good bolts on the door. Putin invaded Ukraine and only then did uh, Ukraine want to be part of NATO. Let's just be very clear about that. It was a neutral nation by constitution and by law. Can we really complain that he felt threatened by the fact that after invading and killing their people, they wanted the protection of their nation? Yeah, I can't blame them for that when you put it like that. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Oh, and and, and let's just be clear. He said the other night that it was Lenin and the Bolsheviks that created Ukraine. Ukraine had relations diplomatic relations with the Byzantine Empire 1500 years ago does anybody does anybody in Russia want Putin taken out of the picture a lot do but where are they they're poisoned imprisoned Uh, even former generals have said that this is madness so he's taken them all out he's taken out all threats in advance can we be clear last summer's brutal repression of all civic uprisings in Russia, his dismembering of uh, non-governmental organizations like Memorial, which sought to bring light to Soviet empire um, misdeeds, murders, and killings. He got rid of all of it Mm. in advance of this. He repatriated $5 billion to Russia in December so that he could fund this invasion. Okay. He had his mind made up months and months and months ago, if not years ago. We the the resort to diplomacy has been a false flag. And NATO has not been the issue. It's been about the willingness of former Soviet republics to shirk off the colonial past and be free and independent members of Europe Mm. as they once were. And he doesn't like it. Thank you for that powerful insight, Michal. Thank you so much. Pleasure talking to you. All right. Got some other calls standing by. Um, If I can get a line to Eugene in in Ukraine, I will. But as I'm saying at this stage, I think uh, you could be saying goodbye to telecommunications or at the very best, lots of problems with telecommunications. But Fergal's standing by, so is Dennis. Back after the break. Calling Red FM Studio? Call the new number. 0818-104-106. It's just, uh, if you just stop and think, actually, of the recent decades, we have re- Ukraine now, and we had Iraq, and then Afghanistan, Serbia, Bosnia, uh, Libya, um, Vietnam, obviously, uh, the Korean War, and nothing, none of that ever changes anything. We just seem to go from the next conflict to the next one. I mean, we don't have to look any further than our own country with regards to country or division of land or uh, countries wanting to take over or to usurp others. I mean, it's just so sad. And yet the humanitarian consequences of this are going to be immense. Uh, we all put it very well. So did all of our callers this morning. And I get a real sense, a real impression 
a real sense of the amount of different people from different countries that are now living here in Ireland and have set up Ireland uh, as a home. So I'm going to talk to some more of those as well. But Dennis, good morning. I think he should be on line three. Are you there, Dennis? No, not on three. So let me see if uh, you can track him down and I'll go back to Fergal. Fergal, good morning. Hey, Neil, I, I just chatting there about the amount of people who have made Ireland their home, including your good wife, who's Russian. Yeah. So, what's your take on it, and what's hers? Um, well, I don't have a take on it really because I'm not Ukrainian or Russian. I know. I've yeah. asked her. I've asked her, her her opinion of it. And she doesn't have much of a take really. She said, "Look, there's, there's Russian people living in that part of Ukraine, and he sees an opportunity for two things really. You know, to help them and to, to expand his territory." I mean, realistically, that, that's what it comes down to. Look, I, I heard, I think it was Michal there said a while ago, and Ilana said as well, you know, they've, they've conflicting views on what's going on in eastern Ukraine. Her mother lives there, like, and she was speaking to her last night, isn't it, Ilana? And I think Michal said that he, he is it his sister-in-law, someone, you know, she's putting on a backpack and she's... His, his sister-in-law, 20-year-old, um, has yeah. a backpack on and fleeing Kiev. Yeah. So it's not easy for everyone over there, you know. And, like, she's not in East. You know, he's, he's, I presume, his wife didn't come from the East. But he made some comments about, when you asked him, you know, what do you think Russian people in Eastern Ukraine would think of the whole thing? And, I mean, he, he more or less said, oh, none of them want, want any help from Putin. And Ilana said, yeah, they do. So, look, I think your show is pretty good today because you're giving people a bit of a platform to come in and get a balanced view of it. But... You couldn't believe what you're watching on the news or what you're reading on the internet, you know. So I'd, I'd only go by what people in that particular area um, are saying, you know. I mean, the other people with the real stories. I mean, this whole thing is starting to turn into a history lesson as well. And the eye has been taken off the ball here as well, you know. So well, history is important if if you think is, of, is, you know, landmass and right, where right what, now, yeah. Yeah, it, it, is when you, it is when you want to get a, an understanding of what's going on. That part of the world is a very difficult part of the world for most, most people to understand anyway, you know. So I think, you know, it, it's very easy to take one-sided view. I mean, yeah, I mean the impression I got from you all was there once was the USSR. It was ginormous. Mm-hmm. It was all broken up. And those states then that were once part of the USSR, countries, if you like, got to live yeah. on their own independently. Putin doesn't yeah. want that anymore. He feels that it was a complete betrayal and he wants to reverse the process. Is, is that a yeah. correct understanding of it? Yeah, that's his understanding. But I, I, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm only, de- I'm only, you know, talking about what's going but on. But he's in, killing. In but he's killing. But he's killing people now. He's his army in there, and they're dropping missiles and bombs on people. They're yeah. dying. Yeah, terrible. You know, shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. Like, look, I suppose we didn't speak about Donbass or any place like that in Eastern Ukraine for the past eight years when there was a war on there either. Neil, you know, it's only, it's only coming to light now in the West because. You know, the media wanted to come to light. Who knows what was being read on the papers in eastern Ukraine, or even Kiev for that matter, you mm-hmm. know? So I, I suppose people in Ukraine, all over Ukraine, were probably, and from what I've heard of people that spoke on the news and in, in the media from Ukraine on both sides, they were saying, look, this is pretty normal for us. We're, we're waiting for war for the long time, you know, for the past eight years. Yeah, so. but I don't think the panic buying, the queues, the loss of life, the running out of cash, the food shortages, people scrambling to get out of Ukraine, yeah. is far from normal. Yeah. It's far from normal, no, correct, 
correct, but we're all jumping on the bandwagon only now, Neil, and we could have done a lot more for the past eight years for everybody that lives in Ukraine. Ah, but you know? sure, we've been living our lives, you know, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not ignorance it. on our behalf, you know. We no, just... no, I, I wouldn't say that. We, we have our lives to live, and no, you know, I'm not an expert at it, but I'm hearing a lot of experts coming on the radio who seem to know all about the history and everything else, but... I didn't hear them for the past eight years coming up with solutions, you know. But it is what it is. No need, you know. It's ah, yeah, so, well, the temperature's been raised now with an invasion yeah, of military course, strikes course, and people yeah. dying, you know. It, it has, and it's very sad. I mean, there's, there's lots of people in, in Ireland from different parts of the world. And, yeah. You know, we all get on grand here, like, you know yeah, what I mean? But yeah. it's the, you could say the same for Ukraine. But it's a massive country, Neil, and there's a lot of different cultures and there's a lot of different, um, a lot of different situations down in that, that part of the world. And it's not black and white. Like it's not like as Elena said. It's not like the British coming in here taking. Yeah, Ireland. but at the end of the day, you Irish know, people would be. Yeah, it's complicated, but our, our, I think Irish people's sympathy would be with Ukraine, not with Putin. Does your is your wife conscious of that at all? She doesn't really have an opinion of it. She just see, she just sees it as it is. You know, she, it's just Ukraine next to Russia. There's Russians in eastern Ukraine. And there's a war there for the past eight years and he's going to move in and he sees an opportunity then as well, of course, to expand his region. Okay. You know, so, I mean, when you when you look at it at that side of it, very sad. But the, re- the fact of the matter is, we've let that happen for the past eight years. The international community has left that happen for the past eight years and now he's making his move. It's very true, actually. You know, with regards to the Americans and everybody pulling out of Afghanistan, uh, there's a famine in Afghanistan now. Children are dying and have been and there's no food yeah. and there's no infrastructure and there's no hospitals and the Taliban are just doing wreck. It's, it's a shocking state of affairs. But nobody seems to care, you know? Um, well, why doesn't the minister? So, I, I think you mentioned a while ago, that's, is this, um, Leo said he's going to allow everybody from Ukraine to enter into Ireland. Sure, look, if you feel the same way about the people of Afghanistan, you could do the same for them, you know? Yeah, but the, the minute that the, the West pulled out of Afghanistan and left them to their own devices, who suffered, like? Who suffered? Yeah. The it's people, the, the children. Country, you know, when, when you farm poor is going into countries, Neil, and they pull out, they, make, they, leave, they, leave, a, you know, they leave a mess behind them. That's so true. Here. That's so true. You know what I mean? Only 100 years ago. So, look, it, it, I, I think... It, it's it's an extremely sad situation that it has has come to this right now, but it's a bit ironic that everybody seems to be an expert right now as well, and they're all coming out with their nuggets of history and they're all trying to justify this that and the other. All I'm saying is, you know, this is coming, and people sat back and let it happen, and they should have done a lot more up to now. Okay, you thank know? you, Fargo. Very sad for those people of Ukraine. And, I don't, you know, I suppose a lot of Irish people, their prayers will go for everybody who lives in the Ukraine to find some bit of peace in, in, in it. But it's an awful situation for everybody down there. And I hope, I, I, you know, I hope it doesn't come to as bad as what people are making it up to be. But look, it, it's, it's gone beyond it now, I think. And we, we need to do a hell of a lot more to help all those people living down in Ukraine. Okay, thank you for that. 47 million of them. Somebody's texting already. I see texts already. How could we cope as a country if... Far, well, clearly, the texter's wrong when they say... Did they say 47 million people can come to Ireland without a visa? How will we be able to cope with that in all reality? But that isn't the case. You don't want to have 47 people baiting down Cork and Dublin airports. Um, lines open. You can get in touch uh, by texting 08... Six eight one zero four one zero six, and just seeing that there might be a possibility of trying to get a link to Eugene because phone lines and communications all over the place. So I will try. Eugene, good morning. Morning, Neil. Thanks so much for taking the call. We've been trying um, patiently for the last couple of hours. Of course, I chatted with Eugene yesterday. He's in Ukraine, uh, originally from West Cork, a Bantry man. 
you didn't expect this yesterday when I chatted with you. She you didn't. No, no, and including my wife and nobody here expected it. So it, it, it just came out. It just came out of the blue. <laughs> I mean, the, we heard the sirens here this morning. So all of you, yeah, I'll get to that. So all of your beliefs up until yesterday were really trampled upon when the Russians came in with military and started firing, bombing and killing people. Let's look at it this way. They gave nothing to Putin, the United States and NATO. They gave him nothing. So he just said, he gave them time. I'm not for Putin, I'm not for anybody like that. I'm just telling you, look, as it happens on the ground, they gave him nothing in return. He asked that Ukraine not be allowed to join NATO. They refused. He asked as well for weapons to be removed from Romania and Poland, cruise missiles facing for Russia. Okay. They refused. Okay, so he, okay, he patiently asked and asked and asked and got nothing, so yep. therefore he made this move. I, I, don't, have, I, I, I don't have much time right now, so I'm going to use the yeah. time wisely. What is it like there? Where I am, it's peaceful here. But east of me in Kharkov, I have heard from locals here that over 40 civilians have been killed. There are Russian tanks in the city of Kharkov. That's east of us. Ukrainian media is reporting of an incursion coming from Belarus and also another uh, incursion of Russian troops coming from Odessa from the south. It looks like there's a three-pronged attack. In actual fact, what I would be afraid of is it's when the ground invasion will start. And when Ukrainian resistance in pockets will take up arms, that's where it gets really dangerous. But right now it's missiles and bombs from the sky and from tanks and from aircraft. Yeah, what they're doing at the moment, they're taking out Ukrainian military infrastructure. Okay, okay. What's What's the reaction from the people? I believe you were talking about panic buying, queuing, people fleeing. There's panic everywhere. Yeah, not fleeing, stocking up on supplies. Stocking up on food staples, water, because when electricity goes off, the pumps won't work. Uh, Filling stations, there's queues at filling stations, queues at shops, queues at pharmacies. Um, It's just panic. Has it led to looting? No, there is martial law imposed in the country here, and uh, you must do what the Ukrainian military will tell you or direct you to do. They can actually come in and take over your house, whether you like it or not. You have no more rights in the country. And are you staying? Well, well, Neil, I don't have a helicopter, so... (laughs) You know there's no flights in Ukraine airspace, you know that? Yes, I know, I know. What what are you supposed to do? I would rather be here than in Ireland, because the family is here, and if I was in Ireland, I wouldn't know what's happening. But you've got to be worried, though. Well, you're worried, you just have to hope for the best. What do you do? What are you expecting to happen that will give you hope for the future? Uh, all I would be afraid of is that um, you'd have big resistance from uh, Ukrainian separatists. And you could be just in the wrong place at the wrong time. A missile can slam into a place, it can go off course, and you can be just a misfortunate target. Have you been stocking up? I have. I have water here. I have a generator all ready to go. Uh, food. Uh, we have a shelter underneath us here in the building. <clears throat> what more can you do? How much food how much have you got? Have like, here? how long would it last if uh, shops run uh, out of food? We would have enough for two weeks. So, have you been buying up recently in anticipation of something like this? I always have. You understand? I always, I'm always ready for things like that. Now, the next thing, what can happen here is electricity can go 
They're saying that because they have uh, cut the electricity connector between Belarus and Ukraine. So there may be a shortage of electricity on the grid. And it's cold there at this time of the year, I'm sure. No, it's plus four here today. It's a beautiful sunny day here. Okay. Clear okay. blue skies. The lights must be cold, though. No, it was before, but no, it's coming at night and it's around zero. Even last night there was no frost here. Zero's cold, Eugene. Uh, it's cold, but you understand, you're, you get accustomed to it. Okay. But you're not hearing no, any shelling yet? No. I was here, look, in December, and it was minus 23 some nights. Oh, I see so what it's you're very saying. Good at the yeah, moment. I know what you're so. saying. But yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. listen, I'm glad I got an opportunity to catch up with you. Perhaps we might have another opportunity of phone lines and telecommunications stay in place. But who yeah. knows? You don't know. It's changing hour by hour, yeah. right? Everything is okay. I'm in Dikanka, Ukraine. And anybody who has relatives there at the moment, this place is okay at the moment. Okay, all right. In the next hour, I can tell you. I know, I know, ever-changing. Thanks, Eugene. Thanks for taking the call. Mind yourself, I mean that sincerely. Our lines will stay open. You can text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie. Our wonderful giveaways for Trabalgan. I didn't get to that this morning. didn't get emails and calls on the air for obvious reasons. We'll pick up on that and everything else uh, first thing in the morning. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.